If you didn't know it until now, you are the Common Sense Nation. And this is Radio Free Almond. Good morning, you bunch of drunks. In the evening breeze, listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off another, but I ask you, please, don't fence me in. Don't fence me in. Just turn me loose. Let me straddle my own saddle underneath the western skies. On my guys, let me wander over yonder till I see the mountains rise. I want to ride to the river. Smart water. Otherwise known as smart water. You know, us uh, 2.6ers need a little smart water once in a while. That's how we roll. Smart water crew. Good morning this morning. Good morning this morning. Good morning. Good morning, testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, testing one, two, three. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, brother. I know, man. This is like um, full week of shows. Yeah. 15 hours. I'm sorry. 15 and a half hours of uh, broadcast excellence here at the Radio Free Almond Network. I got to tell you, this has been... A uh, great week, and we have more to come today. Cortland Sykes is going to be with us. He's the other guy running as well for the U.S. Senate. Then there are two more people running for the U.S. Senate. One of them I haven't heard from, the the fifth one, who will be there tonight. She's a she. She's a she. And then we have uh, Ben Pfeiffer, who's running as well, who we've heard from. I guess we'll have to have him on next week. He kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't even know he was running. But yeah. he's out there in West County. So we're going to talk to him and maybe next week. But Cortland Sykes is going to be in. Uh, Pascal Babouf is going to be with us as well. That guy's pretty cool. And I've known him for a while. And he has a, new, uh, he has a show. It's pretty, he's pretty entertaining. So he might, be, he might guy, be a guy who possibly could, you know, make his way onto the Radio Free Almond Network. You never know, man. So we'll see. Check him out. And then the guy, Nine Killer's coming in. The guy, well, he, he he's Nine Killer on Twitter, but he's got his um, 
song that we played yesterday. Do you still have that somewhere? Yeah, it's the, the, the best. It's the, Hold on. From the, the, the Nine Killer band, you know, the, fantastic. Hold on. Can I play it? Yeah. It's not that I care, but you're listening to Radio oh. 3. Hey, the music started. Obama! I'm adding that. Radio Free Almond, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. So there was President Trump last night in Indiana. And... Maybe he got a nap. I don't know. Because, you know, he was up at 3 o'clock in the morning Eastern time, 2 o'clock our time. It was a lot more fun to call it 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock Eastern time because the 3 o'clock wake-up call was a, a, the big joke yesterday. You know where who's going to be there for the 3 o'clock wake-up call? And Hillary was boasting that she was going to be around for the 3 o'clock wake-up call. And, of course, she wasn't at the worst time, which was when Benghazi happened. And so there's President Trump. He's awake at 3 o'clock on the tarmac of Joint Base Andrews. And there he is with Melania Trump, who they identified as being in a Christian Dior suit. Dior? Dior. I'm sorry, I said Dior. Dior suit. I, I thought she looked really good. She looked smart. But I'm not really a clothing analyzer necessarily, as we've already established, right? So we, we, we do know that. But, yeah, I mean, so she looked great. He was up. She was up 3 o'clock in the morning. And then there he was in beautiful Elkhart, Indiana. And, man, the crowd was just loving him. I like it when he does these kinds of rallies because – First of all, you can see the enthusiasm there. Because remember yesterday when we were talking to Genevieve Wood and Ryan, you brought up this idea that possibly there might be some people who are complacent or maybe who are just kind of resting on their laurels, and that could be something Democrats will take advantage of. But, boy, you see this rally yesterday, and there is no complacency here. There's happiness and there's energy. And then, of course, there's President Trump talking about well, the Iran hostage deal, and it was pretty Obama. darn good. President Obama. Obama! Paid $1.8 billion for hostages. You, not me, you, last night you saw it, and again, it's leading to some very big things, and I think that Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-un did a great service to himself, to his country by doing this. But those hostages came out with respect. We didn't pay for them. We're going to set the table. We're going to make a great deal for the world, for North Korea, for South Korea, for Japan, for China. Paid nothing for the hostages, people. Nothing. So what he did was the right thing. But they came out for nothing. 
and the others came out for 1.8 billion in cash. Can you believe that? President Trump saving you money. I mean, isn't it funny how he sees it kind of in the in the dollars and cents mode? Is that any surprise to you at all that he says, "By the way, I saved you some money when it came <laughs> to your hostage deal." What did, what did, this is this is so art of the deal. This is so Trump businessman. It's like unbelievable. I saved you money. Like, like that's what people are concerned about. <laughs> How much did it cost? But you know what? He's concerned about that. And plus, to his point, the fact of the matter is that's what we do is we write checks to these despotic leaders. We write checks to North Korea and we write checks to Iran and everything else. And that's what we do. We just simply keep paying this despotic leaders off and nothing gets done. We only embolden these guys. Saw the same thing with Kim Jong-un, who came out and kept threatening and threatening and threatened. This is after decades of us kissing up to him and basically asking him how much he needed to keep him quiet. And that's what we got from these guys. And finally, we have a president who basically, you know, has some guts and who says, hey, we're back, and we are being respected For again. Our country, jobs are booming, remember? I told you, I told you. Confidence is soaring, and optimism is at the top of every chart. This is a great time for our country. A lot of things happening every day. We are unlocking new opportunities for prosperity and for peace. All of these changes are happening because America is being respected again. Right on, people. Right on. Is that not true? That America is being respected again. That's the bottom line. And respected by the people who didn't have any respect for us at all and showed it every step of the way. Every time we turned around, they were threatening us or we were cutting deals or they were tricking us into giving them some kind of cash, money, plane loads of it for this Iran nuclear deal. And he's tearing this up just like he said he was going to do. And in Elkhart, Indiana, it was very apparent that there's no complacency, buddy. None whatsoever. And for you guys, apparently, either, because let me tell you something, man. This this show, whether it be on Facebook. Are we on Facebook now? We are. Good morning this morning, everybody. Hello, everybody out there in Facebook land. Zuckerberg loves you. He does, doesn't he? Oh, he loves you. Good. He's a huge Radio Free Almond listener. Yeah. Tell me in other ways, my friend, how much you (laughs) love me. I mean, let me tell you. Yeah. So, hi, guys out there in Facebook land and also on the stream. And we are kicking it. And and we have people. This is Radio Free Almond growing since Monday. And we are in the thousands and thousands of listeners now listeners and watchers on facebook so yeah yeah six over six and a half thousand people yesterday tuned in to radio free allman live on facebook that's crazy how crazy is that and you know what i guess people are thinking of it like in in market numbers are going well that doesn't sound like a lot of people 
You have to understand that in our business and in the business of broadcasting and in business of reach, that's a hell of a lot of people. So, and I know you guys really don't care necessarily about numbers. We've always said that before. But but the fact of the matter is just so you know that when it comes to the Common Sense Nation and Radio Free Almond, you are part of something big. You're in on the ground level of something big, and you should be proud of yourself, happy that you are part of it. And I certainly am hugely thankful for all of you coming out and supporting Radio Free Almond. And we'll be out there tonight at the rally where we're going to have five U.S. Senate candidates, two of them you've already heard from, Another one you're going to hear from today is Cortland Sykes is going to be in the studio with us. And so he's going to be in here at about 730 or so. Cool. I'll be emceeing the event. And we also will have plenty of gear available for you so you can, guys can get a hold of that uh, outside of the venue there. I think there's a, there's a hallway there where you can basically pick some of the stuff up. So we'll be able to handle it that way as well. And, yeah, the Senate situation is pretty interesting. We've got so far compiled a list and we have, we're going to have it for you just a little later on, but roll call put together a list uh, six months out of the election, 10 of the most vulnerable senators. And that happens to be the race we're talking about now. And that is Claire McCaskill who man, is she vulnerable as heck, even though obviously when you look at it, she's the number two most vulnerable senator, according to uh, Roll Call magazine. And she has now, let's see, she's, it's a, considered a toss-up. And, of course, all they're doing is talking about Hawley. Uh, here, here is, it, it, they call him the likely GOP challenger. And to me, I, I haven't seen enough polling information to know because a lot of the polling taking place is just Holly McCaskill polling. Right. It's not Holly Austin Peterson, Holly Manetti. It's none of that stuff. We're just seeing McCaskill Holly polling. Because it's expensive for smaller candidates to really run a big poll. Right. Yeah. Right. And he has the advantage of being the uh, sitting attorney general. And there are some people who say he could be hurt by his connection to Eric Greitens. But if you listen to Austin Peterson yesterday, and you'll listen to him now because we decided that we were going to, he says that, that actually Hawley kind of threw Greitens under the bus. Right. So I, I, it just kind of depends. Hawley knows he could be hurt because he's a part of a Republican state administration and they could connect him to Greitens. But I'm not quite sure. I think that's a little bit overdone. But nonetheless... He's also being accused by Austin Peterson of actually throwing Greitens under the bus for political expedience, and and that's what we're going to talk about with Austin Peterson in just a couple of minutes because what we decided to do is we talked to him kind of at post-show. It was 9.15, and he came in on the on the phone line, and we extended the Radio Free Almond show because we can and because that's kind of how we roll – and we wanted to get him on. So we could have waited until today to get him on. But I thought, well, he had an ad coming out. We want to talk to him about the ad. And so because of the timing of the way people listen to the, sh- to the show and watch on Facebook, we were thinking, well, maybe at 9.15 there were people who were 
around at 6.15 who didn't hear him or weren't able to see him at 9.15 or whatever. So we thought as a service to you, we'd replay that interview in just a couple of minutes. That's what we'll do. And meanwhile, in Elkhart, Indiana, there was President Trump, and he was talking about Joe Donnelly, who just happens to be the third most vulnerable Democrat senator, and he is in Indiana, and President Trump addressed Donnelly yesterday. But if we're going to defend our values, we need people in Washington who share our values. Democrats like Sleepin' Joe (laughs) say one thing when they're in Elkhart, and then they go to Washington and vote for the radical liberal agenda it never ever fails yeah so he's saying that you need to run him out on a rail and that's uh pretty funny he calls him sleeping joe Sleeping joe. i love the like everybody gets <laughs> you know i remember when we had joe Manetti on yeah and he's kind of taking a playbook out of trump there everybody what was yeah. he he called uh was it that he called young josh young josh yeah young josh <laughs> You know, there's also some drama going on, and we'll ask about this tonight with Austin Peterson and Tony Minetti. And apparently they had an agreement that they were going to do a poll, and whoever polled lower would drop out. And I, I frankly, you know, I really love these guys. I don't think at this point either one of them ought to drop out at this point. Eventually you're going to really need to make sure that you get the right person in there. And I don't, I'm not quite sure we've established exactly who, I don't think it'd be fair to say there's one right person over another at this point. There are people who have inclinations towards individuals uh, back and forth. There were people who heard Tony Minetti and were like, I love this guy. And then Austin Peterson comes yeah. on, they're like, I love this guy. <laughs> or I love this guy, even though yesterday I loved Tony Minetti, yeah. the guy. So it, it, it's kind of it's kind of interesting just to get these guys on. And Cortland Sykes is going to be on later on today. And you all might say, I love that guy. So it just depends. So we're just trying to present all the folks to you on a fine little package here at Radio Free Alma. And we take time with them, which is something the other guys just simply aren't going to do and don't have the time to do. So we're going to be able to do that. How's the Facebook going, buddy? People Amazing. commenting. Yeah, everybody... You know, everybody keeps asking this. This keeps coming up. They're all saying, is it possible tonight to, is, is there, will there be a Facebook live stream of that uh, debate tonight? Yeah, I think they wanted to stream it and probably will. I they, think, yeah, I, I think, think what they also wanted to do, I think there was a, in the back of their minds, they w- wanted to encourage attendance. Right. So they didn't want people to just say, oh, I just won't go. I'll watch it on Facebook. I think there's a little bit of that going on there. I'm not quite sure. I haven't really talked to all the organizers about it. But But we're not running the Facebook live stream. No, we will not not, be. Yeah, that's that's a... That's them. Yeah, that that that's because we want them to have control over their own yeah. event and figure it out. We will be there. We'll have Radio Free Almond stuff there, and the Radio Free Almond banner will be in full display, so you'll be able to see that as well. So, but but I think they will have some sort of stream set up in some way, shape, or form for you all to see. People want to know who you like in well, the in the race. Well, I I don't I don't really. Again, I don't make endorsements, and it's interesting because I was really early on because Austin Peters was so energetic, and I really do 
I'm attracted to that kind of energy. Sure. I love that kind of energy. I love the fact that Austin Peterson has a really great group of people he's working with. I love the fact that when no one else is around at some event, there is Austin Peterson. I, I love the fact he does have a really great work ethic. He's got a really strong sense of passion and enthusiasm, and he knows the issues, and he's a very smart guy. And so I early on, I was a I, – I, well, because he was one of the only ones really getting out there. Yeah. I mean, Hawley wasn't around. I could barely get Hawley on the air with me. And so I took advantage of that, and because I happen to know Austin Peterson personally and like him, uh, I I had him on whenever he wanted to be on. It was great. And then Tony Minetti popped on the scene. I, I love Tony's personality. Yeah. I love his get-to-itiveness. I love kind of his raw kind of energy as well. And he's a well-respected guy and did some great service in, in the armed forces. I really don't know. I have never met Cortland Sykes. So okay. Oh, this will be a first. I've never interviewed him. Okay. Never met him. None of that stuff. So that's where I'm at. So I really don't. I, I certainly am not going to make any kind of endorsement. I'm just going to tell you individually how I feel about these folks. And Ben Pfeiffer, I've never met. And then there's another woman involved as well. And I got to I got to find out she's going to be there tonight. And since I'm the moderator, I better kind of bone <laughs> up on who she is. Uh, but I had never heard of her either. And and you know these are people who. If you're going to beat someone like Claire McCaskill, who's going to come at you with a huge amount of money and with all of the power of the Democratic Party behind her, uh, you're going to have somebody who has at least, if they can't match the funds, they can match the energy. And that's what you really honestly need. Yeah, I have. I think we've definitely seen a switch that funds do not buy you elections per se. I mean, we saw that with Jeb Bush. Uh, he had the funds. He couldn't win the election because he didn't have the energy. Remember, he was low energy. Low energy Jeb. Yeah, low Jeb. energy Jeb. And, you know, I saw Peterson on the show. Obviously, you know, we had him on the show yesterday. And I, I made a simple tweet, and I tell you, um, their social ground game is really, really good. Pretty impressive. And nowadays, I mean, as we could see with Radio Free Allman, uh, there's – I'd rather have a good social game and a little less funds than more funds and a terrible, sucky social game. Well, because here's the thing. Again, we're attracted to passion. And if I, and I talked to Austin Peterson about this in the about the energy aspect. And one of the things that really was so impressive about President Trump, I mean, if you looked at what happened those final seven days – before November, that you know, right yeah. after Halloween, and the energy that he put into his campaigning and to what he was doing in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. When I was watching this go on, I was like, "Wow, this guy wants this. This guy is working hard for this. This guy's talking to people who are basically ignored." So you had Hillary Clinton going to Philadelphia, and you had President Trump going to a small town in Pennsylvania and reading uh, Pennsylvania or whatever it happens yep. to be. He's in Wheeling, West Virginia. He's in Racine, Wisconsin. You know, and, and, and she's just going to the big cities because Hillary Clinton had a plan. And her plan was to somehow just amass enough of the metropolitan yep. vote 
And of course, ignoring the fact that the founding fathers specifically created the Electoral College to keep that from happening. The founding fathers created the Electoral College, which was a brilliant, prescient move. 100%. Unbelievably. Even, and this was before we obviously had as many states as we do. I mean, this was basically yeah. at the time you had a small East Coast contingent there. But their biggest fear was that every single time, because if we just based it on a popular vote and the population centers, every single time the President of the United States would be from Virginia. Every yeah. single time. And they didn't want that to happen, even though many of them were Virginians themselves. They didn't want that to happen. And so when people talk about the popular vote, yeah. it, it doesn't matter because the Electoral College is designed to be a truly representative vote. as opposed Because if we just had popular vote, all you do is go to New York, yeah. Chicago, Miami, Los Angeles, yep. Dallas, and you'd be done. And and that's just not the way it ought to happen. Everybody should have a voice. The Electoral College gives them that kind of voice. And President Trump, buddy, knew that when he was running. He knew that he had to talk to people who otherwise felt like they weren't represented. They, they knew, like, for instance, in Pennsylvania, they knew that Philadelphia was important. Right. That Pittsburgh was important. But in equally important towns, they didn't feel represented at all. Then suddenly you see Trump Airlines landing yeah. <laughs> there and boom, they're like, wow, somebody gives a rip about us. Yeah. I, you know, I heard immediately after Hillary Clinton lost this recent election to Trump, everybody, of course, on the liberal side, we got to get rid of the electoral college. Oh, yeah. We have to, you know, it was, it was now the electoral college is, is, is the failure of this country and I mean, like you said, to your point, the Electoral College is what prevents the flyover states from being just right. that. The, the, it makes yeah. every single vote, every state, every city matter. Right. And, th- and that was unbelievably the prognostication of the founding fathers in how our country, they knew our country was going to grow. Right. And even at that time, their, more, their main concern was that that... Virginians didn't occupy the White House all the time, but they also knew that there was going to be a future. This, when you look at how the Founding Fathers developed our governmental construct, it's just amazing. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, even if you look at the U.S. Senate, and I'm going to talk – I talked to Austin Peterson a little bit about that. The U.S. Senate, people talk about how things don't get done, how everything is kind of bogged down, and – that's exactly what the Senate's designed to do. The Senate's there to be an obstruction so that you don't have this rubber stamp government, and the Senate was specifically designed for that. There was a time when, for instance, they criticized Ted Cruz mm. uh, because Ted Cruz was an obstructionist. He always got in the way. He always, didn't, he always said he didn't want to do this. He didn't want to do that. Or you had the guys who were from the Freedom Caucus who were getting in the way. And I tried to remind people even at the time, I said, if you really want to get down to brass tacks here, Senator Cruz, and, and this was before, this was during the primaries and everything okay. else. I said, Senator Cruz is the quintessential U.S. senator. 
Rand Paul was the yeah. quintessential U.S. senator. They were actually living up to the design of the founding fathers when they came up with the idea of the U.S. Senate. The U.S. Senate there is there to be a pain in the ass. They wanted something there to be a pain in the rear of the rest of the government because you desperately need that. And that's why the U.S. Senate is there. They could have just done the House of Representatives right. and the White House and the judiciary and said, okay, we're just going to boil it down to that, and then we're not going to have the Senate. But the Senate was specifically designed to be a meddler and a wall to those who otherwise were just going to steamroll ahead with legislation. It's perfect. It's amazing, uh, you know, because I know everybody, especially on the left, they love to paint the picture that the founding fathers, that this is old and outdated. But really, it's, it's amazing something that they created so long ago that they could foresee the direction of where this country would be and to the dismay of the left, it very much is still a perfect system for this country. Well, and keep in mind, too, that the construct of our Constitution and the role of the separate divisions of government and, indeed, even the way we elect our president, you have to imagine the trauma that these individuals went through <laughs> under the tyranny of the crown. And, and, and all of this is an outgrowth of trauma and stress from tyranny. People people just think that these guys just started coming up with these ideas. But but all but keep in mind these individuals who by the way had they failed would have all been executed. These individuals were living in a time of high high stress. When you had a situation where you live under a government that is quartering troops in your home or a government that is taxing you without any kind of representation whatsoever, and you're living in this kind of environment, that and, and most of these men grew up in this environment. They grew up under the thumb of the crown. Yeah. And so when you look at what they constructed and they devised, this was an outgrowth of living under quintessential tyranny. And so that's why, for instance, they said at the time, hi, George Washington. Hi, James Madison. See, that light went on because yeah, they know yeah. we're holding a little seance here. <laughs> they, 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 they like what we're saying. That's they why do. they did that. Like... That light just came on out of nowhere. <laughs> that's what they're saying. They're saying, good job, guys. The founding Radio. fathers. Good job, Radio Free Almond. Yeah, exactly. But, 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 but people forget. They think that this was just a bunch of landowner, slave, white, Whitey mm -hmm. McWhitingtons with powdered wigs on trying to devise a fantasy government that would benefit them. But the reality is these guys were revolutionaries. They were people who were, were, who were living under the tragedy of tyranny and who wanted to make sure we didn't live under it again. And so every little thing you see, whether it be the Second Amendment, yeah. whether it be the First Amendment, whether it be the fourth, whether it be in how we tax, although, and I will tell you one thing, which you, which I, you, those of you who are regular listeners to the show know this, I will tell you one thing: the idea of a federal income tax. People don't realize that that's, that's the one thing the founding fathers did not design. 
there was never, never in a million years, because to them, that was reminiscent of the crown. Right. And what the crown did, this centralized federal government directly taxing its citizens. Of, that's why it wasn't in the original construct of the Constitution. That's why originally they said states collect the taxes and essentially states will be giving a certain level of those taxes to the federal government, thus keeping it on its desired and needed diet so that you're not going to grow a federal government. And then in 1913, these racketeers, these mafiosos, these horrible, insufferable representatives in the U.S. Senate and the House wound up pushing forth the ratification of the 16th Amendment that created the federal income tax. And ever since then, this country has suffered under the tyranny of a centralized, ballooning, gigantic, oppressive federal government that has essentially almost brought this country to its knees in terms of regulatory oppression, taxation oppression, everything else. The, the, I realize it was an amendment to the Constitution, so somebody could argue, well, the Founding Fathers yeah. allowed for the amendment of the Constitution. But keep in mind, this was an accident. The, the federal income tax was kind of an accident. And actually, it's kind of the Republicans who are to blame for it, Taft and these guys. Because what they were trying to do was when, when they knew that prohibition was coming. Okay. And, and, and taxing liquor and other kind of vices were the primary way in which the federal government was able to collect its to, – to, to fund itself by taxing liquor and that kind of stuff. They knew prohibition was coming. And so it, to, to try to stave off – the mm. lack of yeah. money coming into the government via prohibition, because they were actually trying to stop it and say, okay, so let's throw this out there. Let's directly tax citizens and put forth a constitutional amendment. It'll never pass. And then we'll keep liquor in place. It'll it was the states trying to put in the prohibition the federal government would have just as soon not wanted. Well, yeah, the, the 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 federal government was the one that was going to institute prohibition. Okay, but but what they were trying to say is that I know what we'll do. Then, in order to to prevent that, we'll go ahead and do a constitutional amendment that essentially says we're going to tax the people, okay. and then it'll be so um, uh, and so, nobody will like it, and we'll prove to them that we need liquor. We okay. we, we don't need no, prohibition. So so they 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 play play a little game here is what they were doing. And had no idea that the states would wind up ratifying the 16th Amendment. And in fact, there's some people who argue that it wasn't actually truly ratified. If you do a little research on this whole thing, there are some people who argue that it really wasn't truly ratified and therefore should be getting rid of. Now, keep in mind, okay. they tried this in the 1890s during the Industrial Revolution. And in 1898, the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court, said that direct taxation by the federal government was absolutely unconstitutional, and that's why they had to ratify, they had to add an amendment to the Constitution for the federal income tax. Is this why there's some people out there who refuse to pay federal income tax because they say that it's not legal? Well, it's it, not- yeah, well, I'm, I'm saying it right now. I still pay my federal income taxes, <laughs> but the reality is 
I, I would argue, I still argue that the 16th Amendment to the Constitution needs to be scrapped. It's completely illegal, and it's a racket designed by politicians to start collecting money to grow a federal government they otherwise then could manage and then control everything about the country through uh, tax breaks and everything else. Because keep in mind, that's, that's what ballooned the federal government. Then in uh, 10 years later, Calvin Coolidge, and I, 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 I didn't know I was going to talk about this, so <laughs> I would otherwise have called up a speech. Yeah, okay. Calvin Coolidge, did, and you guys who are used to listening to Alma in the Morning and are now listening to Radio Free Alma, realize I, what Calvin Coolidge is like one of my favorite guys. And to me, Calvin Coolidge is an American hero who wind up deciding not to run for another term because he was so sick of the way the government was operating. And then we got Herbert Hoover, and then, you know, we got what we got after that. Coolidge explicitly explained in one of the first ever sound and visual recordings of a president ever. He was on the White House lawn, and he gave a speech I'll play it for you a little later on because I'll call it up. But if you watch it, it was the first time because normally in the past they'd have like film of the president or audio of the president, but they never had both. Oh wow! At this at this at this particular okay. juncture in 1923 or 24, when Calvin Coolidge was recorded on the lawn of the White House, and it was in uh, both visual and audio, and Calvin Coolidge warned people. He said. There will be a time in this country where American citizens, if we don't watch this ballooning government, this is 10 years after the institution of the, of the federal income tax, and, it, we, we, and Calvin Coolidge saw this huge ballooning government, and he, he said, you know what? we got to watch out because we're going to have to keep on taxing people to keep on feeding this beast that we, we created 10 years ago. And he said, there's going to be a time in, in our lives where we are going to be working a certain part of our week just to fund mm. the federal government. That was in 1924, dude. That's dude, wild. That's 19, and and he, he, warned, he said, you know what? It, it, there's going to be a time when we're going to work five days a week and friggin' two of them, he didn't say friggin', but <laughs> he said two of them. Two of them! Where's been a portion of all, every... Because he had this voice that was... That's why back in the day, uh, you came up with the polished politicians. That's why you had like people like McKinley and Grover Cleveland okay. and all these flowery guys like Taft. They'd all roll their R's and they they orate and everything else because they 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 were... They, you You had to be... You know, kind of well practiced everything. Else. I didn't know that. Row, row, row. They all they, they talk like these in these. I always grand wondered. I was kind like, of like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Republicans need to be Republicans, and they talk like in like uh, like opera stars <laughs> because they because you had to be that way to get through people. Yeah, yeah. but it, it, that's why, for instance, Coolidge had the voice and talk like this. Would generally maybe not be elected in this modern day because he wouldn't be he'd be judged a certain way. That's why, for instance, people. That's why there were so many people once the silent film stopped and the talkies started. Why so many actors and actresses wound up without work because while they could they could 
uh, perform and they were great actors in silent films, the minute they opened their mouth, they started like this. And, 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 and people were like, oh, uh, yeah. And so there were a lot of people who were out of work Eventually, once they open their mouths, oh, you can I'd hear have been them toast. because they because yeah. they, because you people didn't like their voices. Yeah. So uh, that's how so many of these these great silent film stars went by the wayside because finally people could hear them and they didn't like their voices. We just went from the Constitution all the way to film. And actors in like full circle. That we covered what like a hundred years, <laughs> and we put Calvin Coolidge in there. And anytime you can squeeze Calvin Coolidge in there. So anyway, Coolidge was right. And the yeah. best and the best way for you all. And I've said this before too, so I hate I hate to be repeating myself. Uh, I've said this to you before as well. One of the most monumental times in, for instance, Aiden's growth in terms of understanding government was when we're in the car together and I told him, I said, do you realize that I probably work, I work a five day week and probably two and a half of my days are working solely to support the government. Yep. And he was like, you gotta be kidding me. He's really, I said, yeah, yeah. Two and a half of my five days that I work, I'm, only basically an employee of the government. Yeah. I'm at the service. I'm. It's 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 um, it's what uh, what is otherwise known as serfdom. Yeah, You're, you are a serf, yeah. and that was something the founding fathers would have never tolerated. Which is why it wasn't in the original Constitution, and why these slobs, racketeers. I mean, I, I hate to be sounding so hostile towards these individuals. But man, was is the federal income tax a racket? It's it's the reason, you know, I'm I'm obviously in the business community, and I will tell you the number one complaint in the business community. That's why I think it's such a joke when they're well, business owners, they make all the money, they don't need the tax breaks. It is the number one reason that when you talk to a lot of business owners, they don't want to touch a business. They would almost rather just stay a uh, an employee somewhere, right. and and so it, it it destroys the free market because there are people who would love to be business owners, but when they see it's not uncommon at all for us to get a payroll tax of oh here's twenty thousand dollar payroll tax here's this here's you are taxed in every way shape or form it it is easier to just be an employee. Well, it's why also all you have to do is talk to a business owner who pays. A writes a check yeah. to the government on a quarterly basis. It's horrible. And you completely understand why many business owners tend to be conservative because they know what it's like. That was the other part of the racket that these people ultimately envisioned. Once they passed this diabolical federal income tax, they said, I know, so what are we going to do if people don't want to pay it? And, the, of course, because they're criminals, they came up with another master plan, and that was to simply take it out of your paycheck. Yeah. And then when they're giving it back to you, they're going to call it a refund, which is Orwellian before Orwell even wrote the book. I know what we'll do. We'll call money that was originally theirs that we steal from them and give them a certain level back. We're going to call that a refund. That's what we'll do. 
and and that was before <laughs> George Orwell's Animal Farm. Yeah, that's like when like if a dude came up to you and robbed you of your wallet, <laughs> and, and and then and then and, and took your wallet, and then maybe went through it and said, okay, well let's see, there's a hundred here, I'll give you back ten, and they're like, and and then he calls Whoa. it a refund. This is your refund. You you'd be like. Um, no, that was my money beforehand. So that's how evil these people were. And I'm, 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 I'm telling you, this I'm with you. The, the federal income tax was a positively evil design. And again, back to what we talked about with the founding fathers. They didn't envision a federal income tax because a federal income tax would have reminded them of the British crown. And it would have reminded them of the tyranny of the crown. Everything else that was done, everything that's in the Constitution right now, is a direct result of their oppression. And people keep forgetting that. People think they just were taking this whole thing lightly. No, it was a direct, they kept on saying, how are we oppressed here? Okay, that's how we'll do that. How are we oppressed here? That we'll, that's what we'll do that. Uh, no search and seizure, we'll do that. that we'll put that in there. there. Uh, guns, yeah, we need to have guns because we don't want them coming to our house again and uh, living in our homes. Right. So we're going to tyranny of the government. Like First Amendment, of course, all the kind of stuff. So they came up with all these things, but they never once said, I know what we'll do. Let's just do one thing just like the crown did, and have the centralized government tax its citizens. They never would have considered it. And then these evil people in 1913 did it. So Eric Naputi says, this is Common Sense Radio. (laughs) 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 It's true. Yeah, NaputiWellness.com. Dr. (laughs) Naputi, you're awesome. Thank you, buddy. But but that's, people don't realize it. And again, if you really want to teach your children about our government and, and why we need to Fight, why tax reform was necessary, just tell them that daddy or mommy is working a portion of their week solely in the employ of the federal government. It'll, it'll be nuts. It's kind of like if you have a young person who cuts lawns or babysits yeah. and you told them that, okay, I know you're going to babysit Saturday night but and you're maybe going to babysit five hours, but do you realize two of those hours you're going to have to give the money to me? And then it'd be like, well, why? That's not fair. Well, just because yeah. I have to, I have to buy, I have to buy you food, or I have to do this, I have to do that. So, and and, and your and the kids' response ought to be, no, I'm going to use the money I made those two hours to buy my own food. I don't need you to buy food for me. Right. I'll buy my own food. And if you if you go through all these kinds of anecdotes and all these things, they'll understand why we as conservatives battle daily. For common sense legislation, as yeah. Eric points out, or for lower taxation, lower regulation. And again, we got into this as the founding father discussion, but the reality is these guys uh, knew what oppression was all about. And, it, and it's why our governmental leaders in 1913 had to make sure that their bones were dust before they passed this stuff. Because I guarantee you, if there was even one femur still around belonging to James Madison, it would have popped up out of the ground and started chasing after them. Which is why why Trump, being a business owner, he understood the tax model. And it was one of the first things he said he was going to do, and he did, was as much as humanly possible because he's only one guy. 
Well, and look how the swamp fought him because oh. these guys are all these guys are all spawns yeah. of the Taftian they Democrat. Uh, they're all because the, because they're money managers. Yeah. they're they're tax tax money managers. They're not legislators, or they're not true representatives. They're just elected up there to manage the assets stolen from you. Oh, you guys are wondering why does he have this right? Because well, <laughs> he wipes his. Because I'm Louis Armstrong. I'm Louis Armstrong. <laughs> doing my doing the common sense radio. Common sense. Common sense. You're like TD Jakes up here. No, I. You ever I, watch TD Jakes? No. I know you like the evangelical preachers. Yeah, on TV. I've never heard of it. I'm, oh, TD Jakes. He he wipes his sweat constantly. He's great. Well, I have this towel because for whatever reason, I. Dropped my monster rehab <laughs> every and day. It you fell spill on something. something, and yeah, and then it started squirting all over the place. So <laughs> that's why I had to drink it fast, and that's why I have this rag here. Or because I want to talk like Louis Armstrong for young, radio free young. We done. Do you want to play that? Do we Aust- want to get to Austin Peterson? I was just going <laughs> to For the... Well, wait a minute, though. 48 You know what else we didn't do? I know. Ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. Perfect timing, too, because we just got into this discussion. Can you see by the What's so proudly we That was pentatonics from was that Kentucky Derby? Yeah, right? it sure was. Uh, pentatonics aren't they the ones that do the um, Christmas like the, stuff? Yeah, they do the Christmas stuff, yeah. but they also do kind of like the like Michael Jackson's Thriller, Thriller, 
They're amazing. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. It's like. Yeah. But that was it. Was that from the Kentucky Derby, right? Yeah. All right. So, all right. So, Cortland Sykes is coming in with us. Also, you guys might know him as Nine Killer on Twitter. He is Phil Valencia. He's going to kind of pop in. We're going to chat with him about the band and just about the stuff because Nine Killer has been a very huge asset to the development of uh, Radio Free Almond. And then uh, Pascal, who you guys might know him from his internet sensation show, that kind of thing. He's going to be on as well, and, and he's been a good guy to me as well. So we're going to have him in and talk about his, uh, what he's been up to. But yesterday, off of our normal time, about 9.15, so some of you might have missed it because thinking that we're going to be off the air, but it was the, we were able to get Austin Peterson on with us and get him on the show with us. And they couldn't do him any earlier, but I thought, well, you know what? So what? Let's just extend the show because we can, because this is Radio Free Almond, and we can pretty much do whatever we want to do. So we decided that we were going to go ahead and take him at 9.15. He was about to release a brand new ad. And so I thought maybe since some of you maybe weren't there at 9.15, although I can't tell, that we would replay the interview for you in its entirety so you could hear from him because he was kind of off off normally, off on normal hours. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and hit it. And this is Austin Peterson from yesterday post-show. Good morning. How are we doing? Good morning this morning. Uh, Austin Peterson, my old friend, Austin Peterson. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Jamie, man. Hey, congrats on your new studio, brother. It looks great, and I'm so happy to see you out there uh, still kicking ass, brother. Hey, man. Thank you, and really happy to see you out there doing the same. And I was just complimenting you and your team uh, early on uh, the, the in the broadcast here as we were trying to get getting you hooked up. Because I'll tell you, Austin Peterson, and I, I said this before and a long time ago, you have a great staff, a great team. You are a go-getter. You embraced this run from the very beginning. You were out there on Twitter. You were out there in social media. You were out there when other people weren't out there physically. And, man, I've been very impressed with your candidacy. And it doesn't surprise me in the, in the slightest, but I'm just very impressed with how you've been uh, – Get it on, brother. And thanks so much for your support in the wake of all this. But you know what? We're on. We moved on. You know, it's been 30 days, and we're, we're now Radio Free Almond, and we are our actual network, dude. So, so we've got 24-7 live streaming and everything else. Our Facebook is going crazy. And so we're back. We're just in a different formulation. Brother. Well, you've got you, – you think I've got a great team. You've got a great team. You've got people like Paula Harden and Jeannie Ames oh, and all yeah. these wonderful ladies out there in St. Louis who love you and have been, you know, doing everything they can to get this pulled together. And, I mean, I'm just super impressed. You know, we've been rolling around the state, Jamie, in our uh, Liberty Express, this 40-foot-long bus with the campaign logo on the side, getting people excited about firing Claire McCaskill. And, you know, Missouri really is just a very, you know, you know, handshake kind of a state. You know, you got to show up. It's, again, show me state, right? You got to yeah. show up. That's why, you know, I'm so excited for the debate tomorrow night. And I'm really ticked off at Josh Hawley, who wants to be Lord Rulers over Emperor over all of us. And, and thinks that he deserves our vote without having to show up to any of these events or having to debate his primary opponents, because I think Republicans in the state of Missouri deserve to know where he stands. And, you know, a lot of them are deserting, you know, like the sinking ship, right? The proverbial sinking ship uh, this morning, 
the former sheriff of Cole County, Missouri, endorsed my campaign. We've got so many great local people jumping on board and national people. I think I've got the best shot to beat not only Josh Hawley, but Claire McCaskill in the fall. You know, it's interesting because I think that it's I, 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 I'm surprised that Republicans haven't learned this lesson already. And that is that if you think that if you just hide and don't and, and just go on this uh, don't make mistakes type of approach kind of thing, uh, people aren't you, you can't assume that people are going to be out there for you. And, and I will tell you that going back in time, I think I and I will I, Jim Talent and he and I are friends and he has acknowledged this. And so I'm not saying anything out of school here, but Jimmy, I remember when I was on 97.1, and this was back when he was running for U.S. Senate. And this is why Claire McCaskill's the next became the next U.S. Senator and beat Jim Talon. And Jimmy made the mistake of assuming that people who listened to my show were already going to vote Republican. Well, what happened is, so, so he never, he didn't appear on my show very often. And the person who did appear on the show very often was none other than Claire McCaskill, because right. I'm being fair and everything else. And Claire p- put herself out there as this centrist individual, and I'll be darned if she didn't win that, I think in large part because she just he just assumed that he already had it in the bag. Josh seems to have similar inclinations as judged by the lack of his appearance at Lincoln Day events. He doesn't seem to be necessarily working very hard. And I, I've known him. I've respected yeah. his past work before. But, but you know, and, and, and to me, that's not – I'm not trying to just bash him gratuitously. I'm saying people see that. Uh, nowadays, Missourians and Americans are a lot – more tuned in to what's going on here and he's got to be careful but listen man you're the one i mean yeah if you're if what I, I'm yeah, saying, let me just say one thing about that I'll, yeah. I'll, i just want to follow up with your point on that i mean i'm having a hard time trying to decide whether you know his investigation into the governor makes him more like james comey whether his invest you know, whether his inevitability narrative makes him more like hillary clinton <laughs> or whether he's the ringer that's supposed to win the primary and lose the general and he's like mitt romney so you know it's like comey you know hillary romney trifecta of like all the worst of american politics and again you know again it, i always say if you like your attorney general you can keep him in <laughs> jefferson city let him do the job he promised to do Right. And then send me send the attack dog for liberty to Washington, D.C. And I'm going to go make people like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer's lives a living hell. I've been fighting big government status for 10 long years at the right hand of Judge Andrew Napolitano. You know, I was his producer, his top dog. And frankly, I think if you if you want somebody who can beat Claire, consider this, Jamie. The last time Claire ran, the libertarians in this state took six percent. Right. So if you had a candidate who could get all the Republican votes, that's 50 percent, all of the libertarian votes, that's six percent. Well, you got a victory right there. But I also think I can get a lot of independents and a few Democrats as well. Nobody's going to raise more money than Claire on the Republican side. So you're going to need somebody who can reach across the aisle and who's going to work harder. Well, I am the hardest working man in the Republican Senate primary. So I hope that your listeners will consider voting for me then. Well, and you know what, Austin? It's not just even about when, when, when I was talking about Hawley and his, his seeming laziness. It's not that I'm trying to give him advice. What I'm trying to say is that Americans look at what look at the last seven days 
of the President Trump candidacy and how he was just pounding it. He was in he was in Wisconsin and he was in uh, Pennsylvania. He was in reading. He was in these places. And he, and you saw this guy working really hard. And, 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 the, and the tail end it was like, how could you not respect this guy? Because if he's working that hard in terms of getting his hands dirty, how great is he going to be in terms of executing strong policy decisions? And lo and behold, we saw that. So energy is not just a thing. It's, it, it translates into ability to get things done or undone, for that matter. It, it does, yeah. And Claire McCaskill has been, you know, to her credit, has been doing the hard work. She's been doing town halls. As a matter of fact, I actually, a little bird told me that Claire McCaskill had, had, has been speaking to some of the Republicans here in Missouri saying, hey, what is your guy doing? Why isn't he campaigning? Do, do you know, Jamie, that apparently they have caught Josh Hawley in the gym in Columbia when he's supposed to be at work in Jeff City something like 86 times? He's out there pumping iron when he's supposed to be doing, doing his job in Jefferson City. Hey, uh, listen, I know this for a fact because I got people that are out there in Columbia too. My friend, my fans are everywhere. They're like, why is Josh in Columbia at, at 11 a.m.? He's supposed to be in Jefferson City, so he can't even do the job we elected him to do. What makes you think that he's not going to go to D.C. and do the exact same thing? Uh, you know, at this point, Jamie, I think it's a name ID thing. We got to get our name ID up. And as far as the candidate, the grassroots alternative to Josh, who can actually do that, I'm the only grassroots candidate who's got a debt-free campaign who's running in the black, who has the operation statewide to be able to get that name ID up, you know, the basics, phone bankings, yard signs, and the ability to deliver a message that will unite Missourians of all stripes. Mm. I'm the only guy who can do it. I got the numbers to prove it. And I hope that your listeners will join my campaign so I can take over the government and leave everyone alone. There you go, man. And I think I think the Senate needs more well, I wouldn't say independent-minded, but I think it needs more strong constitutional conservatives who are up there, who are, you know, sometimes President Trump doesn't always make the right decisions, and there's, it's great. that's why the Senate is there. That's why the Founding Fathers were so brilliant in their in their design of the Senate, which was basically a a break a break on the on government. So I think I think it's a, it's a it's a very important position and very important body, and it's very important to have people like you who are living the Founding Fathers' dream of a U.S. senator. You know. Jamie, thank you so much for saying that, because, listen, we criticized Obama for his cult of personality. And it was like everything that he says is, is the word of, you know, of God. And, and, you know, the whole point of a checks and balances is that, you know, no one person can be right all the time. So if we have good senators who are there who can be like Rand Paul, you know, the Trump whisperer, and can say, hey, you know, we, we really need to be moving in this direction, right? And, and again, mind you, Rand Paul was like the only guy who was saying no to this $1.3 trillion omnibus. You know, people like – there were a few others like Mike Lee and Ted Cruz. But again, what you want to do is you want to have senators in there who can, who can influence Trump because he's not an ideologue, right? He's a businessman who operates from his gut. He's got good gut instincts, but nobody's right 100% of the time. That's why you need good constitutional conservatives in the Senate to go in there and offer him some backup. And thank you for saying that, Jamie, because I think it's so important because what I don't want to have happen here in Missouri is that all of the anti-establishment candidates split up our votes because, again, look at the numbers. I'm the only guy on paper you can see. I'm the only guy who's got the shot to beat Josh 
and then beat Claire. And we've got to have somebody who can unite the grassroots. That's what the debate is about tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to having a chance to stand there on stage. I hope Josh Hawley does show up because if he ends up being the next senator from Missouri for whatever reason, then I want to know where he stands. And so I'm looking forward to tomorrow night telling people where I what, what I believe. I'm totally transparent. You know, you may not always agree with me, Jamie, but you'll always know where I stand. And that is the big difference between me and Attorney General Josh Hawley. That's for sure. Well, I'm moderating that debate tomorrow night, so I'll make sure I bring some uh, Radio Free Almond gear for you, too, there, Austin, that's for sure. Nice. Yeah, please do, and I'll, I'll bring some AP swag for you, too, <laughs> All right, man. Well, so you have a new... And, and by the way, speaking of, of the role, of your role in the Senate, we also desperately need senators uh, who are going to balance out the guys like Lindsey Graham and some of these other dudes who, to me, are just are, are there not they're not really helping President Trump. They're not really advancing things as much as they are obstructing. And and again, you guys aren't sycophants. I get it. What I'm saying is you. But 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 when I say in terms of your viewpoints, even for Rand Paul, to me, when he questions certain things, he's helping my president. He's not hurting him, blocking him, whatever. And so we need more of that as opposed to some of these guys who are swamp creatures who just want to kind of pull President Trump under the water. Yeah, well, can I just say one thing about that? Listen, Josh Hawley is telling everybody exactly what they want to hear. If you ever hear a politician telling you everything that you want to hear, if you agree with the politician 100% of the time, just double-check your premises there because they may be lying to you. They may be telling you just what you want to hear just so that they can get elected. And we've sent a lot of Republicans to Washington, D.C., who say one thing on the campaign trail and then do the opposite. Remember Josh's inconvenient ladders ad? Oh, I'm going to do the job as attorney general. And then, you know, Abraham Lincoln once famously said, if, if you want to test a man's character, give him power. And that's how you really will know the, the quality and character of a man. Well, here's what have we seen with Josh Hawley. He took $50,000 from Eric Greitens for his campaign. And as soon as Eric Greitens was in the way of him climbing the ladder, he threw him under the bus. What makes you think that he will have anything like loyalty to the president when he becomes the next senator from Missouri, or if he becomes, because I'm doing everything I can to make sure that doesn't happen. I think the attorney general has a clear conflict of interest here in the state of Missouri. He should have recused himself. And uh, frankly, you know, again, if you don't want the job, you know, don't run for the office because we don't want to have another handpicked Mitch McConnell golden boy going to Washington, D.C., pushing for gun control, pushing because, frankly, uh, he is to the left of Obama on gun control. He's for warrantless surveillance, so he would have voted with McCaskill on warrantless surveillance. And if you take the king's coin, you're going to have to sing the king's song. If you're Mitch McConnell's boy, he's going to make you vote for the omnibus bill. This is a conservative state. Let's send a constitutional conservative to Washington. So a half hour from now, Austin Peterson and his campaign are going to be unleashing a brand new ad. And I'm seeing a freeze frame of the ad. And there's a ladder in it. And there's an Austin Peterson in it, and he's holding a rooster. So what, can, let's, can we play that, Ryan? Are we, are we good? To, are we okay to yeah, do that? Yeah, um, yeah, go ahead, guys. Let, let, let it rip. Play the ad, yeah. All right. Hold on here. Did you know that Josh Hawley was more than happy to take $50,000 of campaign money from Eric Greitens? But once Greitens got in the way of him climbing the political ladder, he threw him under the bus. So here's the good news. If you like your attorney general, you can keep him. I'm challenging Attorney General Josh Hawley to a Republican primary debate. So far, he's refused. What's the matter, Josh? <laughs> you chicken? <laughs> <laughs> 
That chicken. You guys, you want to know what's so great about that ad is that is a real chicken on the Peterson farm out in Peculiar, Missouri. That is that is my my dad's chicken, and that chicken actually clucked on command. That was not that is not a sound bite. That is a real chicken clucking right there. You didn't there, squeeze so. him or anything. One hundred percent legit. That's crazy, buddy. <laughs> and you know what's actually cool about that? One hundred percent legit. I think that's one of the first times I've actually seen a Republican who was on actually a farm that he owned. That, it, that, it, that yeah. he actually had. That yeah. he's actually in his family. Because normally you're, th- these guys are out there scouting out farm locations and, and, and that kind of stuff. <laughs> They're know? like, we need a bald eagle. We yeah, need right, golden exactly. retrievers. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, <laughs> That farm is the farm that I was raised on out in Peculiar. The, my mother and father raised me there. I went to, you know, Ray Peck High School and, you know, I, I was educated here in San Missouri. I wasn't like Josh. I didn't go Ivy League. You know, I wasn't a, a I'm not a constitutional lawyer, but, you know, Barack Obama was a constitutional lawyer. So I guess it just doesn't mean much anymore. Um, you know, that's why I think that uh, Josh needs to return that money to, to Eric Greitens or he needs to refuse himself or he needs to do something to get himself out of this mess. Frankly, if anybody should be stepping down from their position, it should be Josh, because frankly, I think that he's he's put himself out there. When I go to rural counties in Missouri, and I've been to a lot of them, they are ticked off that the attorney general couldn't wait until the criminal trial before he threw the governor under the bus. And, and, and you know, if he had actually showed up to any of these Lincoln Days events or actually traveled around the state to meet with people, he would probably be hearing that from them. I mean, why do you think that Roy Blunt, the master player, came out and said there's a legal process and a legislative process, and let's trust the process. You know, Jamie, if you defend the Constitution, it may not always be popular, but it's always the right thing to do. And at the end of the day, if he's exonerated or whether he's not, you, you can always say, I defended the Constitution, and that's always the right play. So, frankly, that's why I'm running. I think I'm the most honest man. I'm the most principled man and the hardest working man with the best shot to win, Jamie. And I hope I can convince you that by August 7th. Well, you know what? You just kind of extended and, and put a nice little bow on some of our kid raising stuff we were talking about earlier, because that's one thing I always tell the kids. And you, you kind of put it in a political structure there and a constitutional structure. But I always tell them that doing the right thing isn't always the easiest thing, but it's always the right thing. So there you go. Hey, man. Listen, I'll, I'll see you. I'll see you tomorrow, and it'll be a, a great event. And of course, it's too bad that, for, at least for now, we know Josh Hawley is going to be there. And of course, look for Austin Peterson's ad to be unleashed. What do you do? Twitter, Facebook, your website, everything else. Yep. Yep, AP for Liberty on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. AP, the number four, Liberty. If you want to find us on our website to volunteer, register, get a yard sign, maybe make a donation, that's austin4senate.com. Austin, the number four, austin4senate.com. Hook us up. Jamie, don't take it easy on us tomorrow night. I want some hard questions, brother. All well, right? yeah, we've got a, People in Missouri deserve to know. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly who everybody is on the panel, but I think we've got a good panel there. So, yeah, well, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be rocking, brother. All right, man. Drain Take the care. swamp, Jamie. Have a good one. Definitely. You too, man. I appreciate you very much. That is uh, Austin Peterson. So- good morning this morning. Where the hell is my music that I'm trying to play off of here? Do you know where it is? is of my iTunes. Up? What's that? Is your volume up? Yeah, my volume's up. On my laptop? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, why that's not playing. Hang on.
Look at look it's 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 going, right? Yeah. yeah. I have it muted. A little muted. On the one hand, I love computers. On the other hand, I hate them. <laughs> like, I, like at this point in the game, Satellite in my eyes like a I would be normally like railing against computers and how someday they'll take over the world. But I like computers now. I'm a big fan of them. They're they're part of the reason why Radio Free Almond is rocking. Right, Ryan? Oh, I agree. Right, Phil Valencia? Is this uh, Mike on over there? There I am. There you go. Now it is. Okay. What's going on, brother? Uh, It's pretty uptown, isn't it? Have... Phil there back in the back. Like, this is kind of like a real uptown. thing. Yeah, oh, we're, I'm we're, pretty uptown. We're uptown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's what we say in the I ghetto, Ryan. Right. We call it uptown. <laughs> You're talking That's how we talk in the who ghetto. Who lives in Jefferson County, <laughs> by the way? <laughs> yeah, man. It's uptown. It is uptown. That's Phil Valencia is County. A, <laughs> <laughs> Phil uh, Valencia is... Uh, good friend of mine and Ryan you just met him but yeah. you know him though you probably have interacted with him on Twitter before no doubt about it because he is known as Nine Killer on Twitter and his band we played some of his music best. do you have it yeah, yeah. Oh, we man. played some of his music he sent us Here. I'll turn off a little okay. uh, of the Dave Matthews and we'll get into a little of the Nine Killer <laughs> Check it this out. so funny. Yeah, I know. It is Did great. you record this? That's my drummer, Jesse. It's not that I care, but you're listening to Radio Free. Hey, the music started. <laughs> Radio Free Almond, whatever. <laughs> is that your drummer doing this, Bill? Uh, Jesse is a character and has uh, many voices. And we should have heard the ones. We did like 20, 30 of those things. And <laughs> That's we just... amazing. My kids, <laughs> huge fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a song called uh, Hell With It, and I haven't written the words yet, but uh, we've got a whole bunch of music, and we just, we're going to make you a bunch of stingers because at first you were kind of, didn't I have like anything. It. You know? I, well, keep them coming because I, oh, I mean, yeah. definitely I'll have you as the, uh, the stinger popular. Stinger maker. Known as the stinger popular. Right. Stinger maker. So what the, well, that's a little synthesizer, oh, is that correct? There, by the way, that is me playing that. I have to clarify. I, I kind of knew it was you for some reason. I didn't even know it was you, but I, yesterday when we played it for the first time or a couple days ago, I said, that's Nine Killer on the synthesizer. So I, I thought for sure that'd be definitely Why you. Nine Killer? What's uh, that mean? Yeah, that's a, um, it's just a, it was one of those things where you just open a giant dictionary and the first word you see, this was like back in 89 or so. Uh, and it's a, it's a type of bird, actually. A um, nine killer? A nine killer is a, is a bird. It's a very famous bird because uh, it kills other birds. 
and then it impales them on barbed wire fences and then stacks them up for later. And then they were supposedly to kill nine a day. That was the thing. They used to be hunted. Like, well, where the hell know, is that the living? <laughs> there's, a, there's a story behind <laughs> nine killers, man. It's pretty cool. How was that living around me? <laughs> no. Oh, but you're, yeah, probably a couple in your yard, I'm sure, probably. Um, but uh, <laughs> Jamie's going to wake up to <laughs> dead birds on his Well, bed. you know what? The, the, you could use the nine killers. Speaking of geography, you could use the nine killers somewhere Right around uh, South St. Louis near Tower Grove, there is the there are these starlings that mm-hmm. just invade these trees, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. and they invade them by the hundreds. And every once in a while, you'll be walking along, and you might just you, you don't even know they're there, mm-hmm. and suddenly you make a noise, and, and it's like, mm-hmm. and it's like they, suddenly the tree explodes, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> So I think I could use a little nine killer yep. there. Yeah, they would take care of some of those. But you know, to tell you the truth though, the way you describe that bird, I'm kind of surprised I haven't heard more about them. It's actually called a shrike, a northern the northern butcher bird is what they're called. Wow, dude. They were hunted they're like witches, kinda like, you know, that one of those scares like where in back in the day that people thought they were evil and Wow. But it's just a bird. It's a really cute bird, actually. Really small. It's a songbird, so it sings. And um, and then it just jumps out of a tree and dive bombs at another bird and kills it. And it. <laughs> wow, dude. That's kind of... Pretty I, violent. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I'm just shocked I haven't heard of those things yet. Or there hasn't been, like, some movie made out of them. <laughs> Are you sure this just wasn't, like, a dream you had? Uh, that's just lucky I just want to make break. sure that... <laughs> we, 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 we regretted that name for a while because it, people would show up to shows back in the day expecting some heavy metal, you know, megalithic, you know, kind of band, and we were just more like... You know, yeah, you two or crowded house or you know we were acoustic guitar in the front. You know, we just, <laughs> but so. so nine killer brought in with him a uh, well, it was on your on your phone, but it's on Twitter. Do we? Are we is that downloadable there, Ryan, or not? Uh, I mean, I can play it's it. The, it's the. Me- yeah, that would be that would be what I was asking. Yeah, because um, I, 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 it's radio, I like to be playing. But 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 yeah. So so it's Manetti's new. I know. I'm, I'm, every well, it's, day. It's, it's like when it's like when Ryan asked you if you recorded what we just played. <laughs> See, did I, you did you record that? Like, no, this is what I have to do. No, every it just kind of right? grew out of the cracks in yeah, the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, I know. Man. He makes fun of me. Like, I'm just daily. kidding. I'm just yeah. kidding. So no. Um. Yes, I would like to play the Tony Manetti commercial. So. Nine Killer brought it in on his phone, and I had not seen this before. And we were talking since we were talking about the the Austin Peterson commercial, which is mm-hmm. was awesome. Mm-hmm. This Tony Minetti one of him in an airplane mm-hmm. is fine. unbelievable. Here we go. Here we go. Hey guys, how you doing? My name's uh, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Minetti, retired U.S. Air Force pilot, graduate of the United States Air Force Academy, and right now. As I look outside of Missouri, I feel like we're all upside down. I don't know about you, but I'm sucking tired of seeing these career politicians having us fly upside down. I say we take the flight controls and let's get us right side up. We need somebody that knows what they're doing, somebody that's run a business, somebody that's been in academia, someone that knows how to take the flight controls and make decisions. So he's Problem in an airplane in a cockpit. Like people that know what the they're doing, not these down. career politicians. And like, God love them. They entered probably for the right reason, but they've lost touch with us. Oh, yeah, that's Just like President Trump, he entered the race. Why? Because he loves our country. So do I. And I say we give veterans a chance. It's such a shame that less than 12% of us in Congress right now have served our country. 
Well, guess what? The mission continues. That's very cool. Oh, this plane is cool. Because he's flown. Tony Benetti running the U.S. Senate. All I've got to say to you is how important it is to get involved. You can take your country back. We can do it together. We can send a message to Washington. We don't want career politicians anymore. In fact, I'm not a politician. And I'm ready to serve again. I'm Lieutenant Colonel Tony Benetti. I'm a B-2 stealth pilot from Missouri. But this time, I'm fighting for you. Wow, wow, that is too cool. I wonder is he like is he I wonder what kind of plane that is because you know he's flown when we had him on the other day. He talked about flow, flying the B52s and then he moves into obviously the Stealth is a big enough jet as it is, but he mm-hmm. pops into that baby and that's like popping in from a gigantic Cadillac <laughs> into a Volkswagen, but still he's I wonder what kind of plane that is he's in. I don't know. It looked cool. Like one of those uh trick plane it's kinda. small yeah it looks like yeah but he's doing probably so four, now 400 miles per hour doing is loops. he a guy that you like is, is tony uh, your guy or not uh i'm not sure because i don't know a lot about anybody but him and austin they're the only two i've kind of paid attention right, to. right and uh so that the debate would i would wish i was going to be there tomorrow just to get informed more but i do respect manetti obviously a lot for just his service yeah. and, and what he's you don't meet too many people like that. We went to that thing, that fundraiser thing for him with you that one night, and he was very impressive. Uh, no doubt about it. I mean, he. I, I thought I thought he was great with Sebastian Gorka. He was just oh, yeah. outstanding. Obama. So uh, <laughs> I'm about to play this. Before, before we get to uh, a little bit of content here regarding President Trump's speech last night in Indiana. So apparently President Trump doesn't sleep ever, which is fantastic, and we kind of knew that, which is why we love the guy and why we voted for him, because he's got a lot of energy, and he's an awesome guy, and so he's at 3 o'clock in the morning, he answers the call, which is something I don't think uh, Obama or Hillary did at 3 o'clock in the morning, I, I think when people were dying in Benghazi, but nonetheless, there he was on the tarmac greeting the hostages, and the freed hostages at three o'clock in the morning, and there he was in the great state of Indiana, uh, basically saying, "Hey, you know what? There's a big difference between me in the past, and there's a big difference between me and Obama, and we don't pay for hostages." Obama, President Obama. Obama. Oh, come on! Paid 1.8 billion. For hostages. You, not me, you, last night you saw it. And again, it's leading to some very big things. And I think that Kim Jong Un, Kim Jong Un, <laughs> did a great service to himself, to his country by doing this. But those hostages came out with respect. We didn't pay for them. We're going to set the table. We're going to make a great deal for the world, for North Korea, for South Korea, for Japan, for China. Obama! So President Trump goes to Indiana, and basically the thrust of his whole thing to them is, look, I saved you money. 
<laughs> just like a great businessman that he is. He's like, hey, at least I saved you some cash with this whole thing. And that's so great about him in, that, in terms of his kind of innocence and how he looks at things. Because he knows people love the fact that the hostages were freed. But he also loves the fact that we simply haven't paid despotic leaders uh, backwards and forwards with, with checks, everything else. Obama was the plane loads of cash to Iran. Uh, Obama was the let's just write a check to North Korea just like the past administrations did. And President Trump's like, no, you know what? We're going to talk tough to these guys. We're going to get what we want, and we're going to do it without writing them a check. Pretty cool. Absolutely. It's uh, the, the, the unification of the Korean Peninsula is we're, 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 we can't even really get into how historically important this is because that would be, you know, as people like Christopher Hitchens would have said, that was the most religious place in the world because of the, you know, yeah. the way that they respected. But, uh, and, you know, when I heard that, I guess, Israel took out a whole bunch of Iranian things in Syria, so we got Iran probably now going to backpedal off of their... Right on. This is a big deal. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm excited about this. It's so we had... We had uh, Nine Killer, uh, I wanted you to come in be- just because I wanted to see you again, and also because, uh, dude, thanks so much for your uh, support in the aftermath of what happened with the All in the Morning show and everything else, and, and thanks a ton for uh, being there for us, because between you and then Ryan was all over the joint, mm-hmm. too, uh, you know, you guys were getting a lot of crap from people. Mm-hmm. Uh, to crazy. St- yeah, uh, in, in support of me and also our movement, and so it was uh, very cool that you guys were there for me, and I got I got to just thank you personally for that, dude, and and thanks just for being there for us. Well, like I've said to you before, Jamie, you know we've been listening to you, my wife and I, driving the kids to school since they were in grade school, um, all the way through high school. You basically helped us raise our kids, and uh, they, you know, it it was just it was obvious what we had to do. We, you know, the, the almond underground, as I was calling it for a while. And we kind of rallied and uh, tried to jump, you know, get back wh- what you had. And uh, but uh, oh, can I take a second real quick to present you with something? Yeah, be- wait, wait, before you do that, Phil. Though I wanted to point out that uh, the Phil, his daughter Emily, babysat the kids mm-hmm. long time ago, and one time uh, Emily brought with her to my house something that actually is in the corner of this studio right now. As you will, as you will note, <laughs> mm-hmm. and because I had been on the air before, and I was talking about how I one of my favorite albums, my favorite uh, soundtracks, is indeed the uh, soundtrack to Man of La Mancha. And when I used to travel around with my dad in the car and everything else, uh, we used to just loop this Man of La Mancha soundtrack, and it was like I know every song backwards and forwards. I love it, and it's kind of my go-to thing when I just kind of want to feel at home again. Mm-hmm. So here, I'll grab this here real quickly. See, this is you guys. You guys on Facebook can see this. So this is the and, and this is the original cast. That's a cap. And, and, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, I actually had a copy of this also, and it's Richard Kiley mm-hmm. and of course uh, Joan Diener, who was awesome. <sighs> And Irving Jacobson, who, uh, was, uh, oh, buddy, this is great. <laughs> 1966, dude. Yep. Loving it. So I'm going to present you now with the Universal Artist version of the album, the same album, but that's the one that's harder to 
come across. You may have seen oh, it Oh, wow. Like, yeah, this is with Peter O'Toole in it. And, and, yeah. Sophia Loren and James movie. Coco. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out, everybody. Good morning this morning. Check out the inside. They open it up and look at that picture of Sophia right there. Hello. Oh, Lord. Good yeah, morning that's just, morning. Uh, Good morning this morning, Sophia Loren. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you. What is this? This is, this is my... Here, let me, let me try to see if I can call it up because I have... Uh, my, I'm, I, Ryan, I was well, you were kind of running around out there, but I was um, I was a bit. I'm a big fan of Man of La Mancha, and right. and the sound, the original soundtrack, mainly because of my memories of my father. Same here. And he and I traveling around mm-hmm. all over the joint, and we would just simply play. At that point, I think it was on an eight track tape, to tell you the truth, in the car. It's pretty much time. Oh, and we would just like be. Uh, it was it was fantastic, and so I. Um, I've always just loved this. And so, of course, uh, Phil remembered that a long time ago. And when his daughter Emily was sitting the kid, with the kids, he actually had this delivered to my doorstep through her. And it was, and to this day, I just, I'm telling you, man, it's fantastic. I have like 20 copies of it. I collect, <laughs> I collect them. So, <laughs> yeah, I love it. And if you guys haven't ever heard the Man of La Mancha soundtrack, you ought to, you ought to do it because um, I, I, it's fantastic. Here, I'll play for a little bit for you. Yeah. Quixote de la Mancha, having proven yourself this day in terrible and glorious combat, and uh, by my authority as uh, lord of this castle, I hereby dub the knight. But your lordship, didn't I do it right? Well, it is customary to grant the new knight an added name. Hmm. And of course, this is part of the story of uh, Don Quixote. And Don Quixote was this big dreamer and chasing windmills. And he would, and, and at one point in, 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 the, in the farther reaches of his, uh, of his um, deterioration, so to speak, is where they went and he was with the uh, barber. And he saw the, uh, the shaving basin and he thought it was. He, he, he imagined it as a. Why, that is not a shaving basin! That is a golden helmet! It's like, whatever you say, Don Quixote. Because you're Don Quixote de la Mancha. Here, I'll say this way. Puts on wisps wearing the shaving basin. And I love using this when I am trying to explain the Orwellian world in which we live and how there are individuals out there who will tell us something, we're looking right at it, but they'll tell us that it's something exactly the opposite of what it is. And the news media does it. Well, I have to tell you, that some Republicans do it and Democrats do it. And it's why, for instance, when you're talking about gun control, why they will suddenly say it's gun safety legislation, right. not gun control legislation. And you're like, well, no, it's gun control legislation. They're like, why it is not gun control legislation? <laughs> why that is gun safety legislation? It's like, no, it's not. Why, yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it, it's, like it's, it's either Mayor La Mancha or Monty Python mm-hmm. you're dealing with these people. Yeah. They change language and they play games oh. with language. I, I've, I've been very aware of that since, you know, 
the beginning of the Obama era when the media was complicit in all so many things. It was so obvious they were using language to affect people. And I'm a real language freak, and so I watch words really carefully. And, I, and that latest example of gameplay is just... It's sad. It's, it, it, but it happens all the time. And if you don't watch it, you'll, you know, you have to look for it. I mean, you have to be very careful because they'll, they'll sneak it through very easily. Well, it's so easy just to also, if you call it common sense, which is what they do all the time, uh, like this is real common sense, but they'll say common sense gun, gun regulation or, right, right. you know, not gun control, but, and it's common sense. Yeah, so right, you put right. common sense yeah, before right, exactly. it. Exactly, we're good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I and, and but but to and, and what these guys do and is is similar to, and and they're not and the, and the, they don't have the excuse that the Don Quixote had, which right. is Dementia. this mental deterioration. <laughs> uh, they're actually people who have uh, well. I, I, actually, if you listen to Michael Savage, I'll tell you <laughs> that liberalism is indeed a mental disorder. But nonetheless, if you really, if you really get it, these guys actually are not truly mentally deranged, which makes them even more dangerous because most, most they're they're able much. to mm-hmm. push it forth like that. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, Phil Valencia, otherwise known as Nine Killer, check it out on Twitter and check out his band. Do you have a website for the band? Yeah. Ninekiller.com. Ninekiller.com. Okay. So that's the and name of the band then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. www.ninekiller.com. His band is uh, is a bunch of birds. That <laughs> birds. Kill other birds and Dude, I'm put them to, on barbed wire. I'm going to have to investigate that bird thing. It feels like, yes, and the bird uh, basically carries around a gigantic hatchet <laughs> in, its be- in its beak. And then if uh, you tweet the wrong way, the bird just comes in and chest chops your tail off. Impales and you on Bleed to death. And it, are you sure this isn't like some kind of uh, mm. Mujahideen mm. bird? Because rivers <laughs> of blood will flow down through the... <laughs> Does the bird speak? Because if the bird would speak, it would... And rivers of blood will flow through the streets of your That's right. birddom. That's right. Okay. Well, we'll check it out. I, be- I believe you. Mm. I just have never seen one. A shrike, a loggerhead shrike. It's the northern butcher bird. Oh, there ought to be some kind of movie about that thing. Surprise, there's not. But now there probably will be since we talked about. Because I think Hitchcock. It, what kind of bird was in was like used in the birds? Oh, was it a raven? Mm-hmm. Raven or a crow? Yeah. Well, no, actually, there were a comp, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess it was crows. It was crows. I thought, yeah, pigeons and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. Oh, there you go. Phil Valencia, great to see you, brother. Thanks, man. Love you, man. Love you too, brother. Do you sing for me? Do you bring me
Uh, we're going to bring in. Well, okay. <laughs> we're going to bring in Cortland Sykes, who is another contender for the U.S. Senate seat, currently yeah. held by Claire McCaskill, and he is on the Republican side, and he's going to be at the debate tonight. So we've talked this week already to Austin Peterson, as you guys know. And, of course, as well to Tony Minetti. And Cortland Sykes, I have actually never met personally. And I've actually never talked to him either. We had intentions of hooking up at some point uh, to, uh, to have him on the air at the Dinosaur Radio Station. and never got around to it. So now he is going to be on Radio Free Almond in pretty much a matter of two seconds if I can get him to walk on through the door. So we can – if you, he's, right, he's right out there. We could go grab him and uh, – have him come on in, and uh, we'll meet him for the first time. Hey, buddy, good to see you, Phil. Appreciate you very much, man. Yeah, thank you. There he is. He's walking in. Cortland Sykes, welcome to the show, brother. Right there, my friend. How you doing, man? Good to see you. Hi. Are you Ashley? No, this is Chanel. Chanel. Hi, yeah. Chanel. How you doing? Listen, man, I saw you... At the last time President Trump was in, in town, I saw you, but I never got a chance to talk to you. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to meet you, man. You have no shoes face on. Face. I have no <laughs> shoes on. I, do, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do the show with shoes on. I That's love just it. what I do, man. Well, That's that, how I am. Yeah. I love it. That's how it goes. All right, well, let's go. So, buddy, listen, I'm sorry <laughs> we haven't talked. I uh, know. Well, we talked once before. Uh, this was... I guess the day we announced. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I had uh, you on. I had you on my phone. I remember that. Yeah. 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 So how's it going so far? It's going great. I mean, we, we've been traveling. Of course, we're on the backside of a, most of these uh, Lincoln Day dinners. And if anybody's ever run in, in Missouri, they understand that you know, these are really important. You have to get in front of the people. This is the show me state. And so we, um, the support has just been pouring in. I'd say in the last, especially the last three weeks, uh, it's it's really come alive, and I think maybe it has a lot to do with probably the weather. And as we get closer to the primary, but you know, we just seem to have you know our stacks of volunteer forms are just piling up. So nice. it's really good. Yeah. So now, what do you do normally? Like, what's your what's your profession yeah. generally? So my family, we've always been in real estate. Chanel's family's always been in real estate, and, and uh, I work with a uh, defense consulting firm. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what made you decide that you just had to get into this race? Well, um, yeah, I can give you the backstory on that. In 2015, of course, Trump announced he was going to be running for president, and Chanel and I supported him uh, from the beginning. In 2016, um, I was actually placed on uh, Trump's National Security Council transition team, September 2016. And so, you know, we were working with these guys, and we were waiting for the election. And of course, as the election drew near, uh, Donald Trump was at 3%, and Hillary was at 97%. And so I was actually in St. Louis. I was, I was right here in, in town uh, about three weeks before the election. And my guy, the guy that put me on the council, um, he, sa- he said, look, looks like Hillary's going to win this thing. Uh, would you consider working for Hillary? And I said, no, hell no. <laughs> I'm not working for Hillary. Um, I said, you know, I don't need a job. I, I just want to serve. And that's, that's the truth. So um, the night of the election, as soon as North Carolina turned red, I called up, you know, 
the guy that put me on this team, and I said, look, I'm watching this thing, and we're going to win. He said, yeah, I know. I'm on my way to Trump Tower right now. <laughs> and so it, what was really interesting about that whole experience is um, he was the only one with the top-secret clearance. So when the CIA safe pulled up all of this, he was the only one allowed in the room with Trump. But I got a first-row uh, first seat of really how the swamp dealt with our president. Um, and we all got bucked off right away. I, this was, you know, Mike Rogers. Uh, General Flynn stayed on a little bit longer because he had a personal relationship with Trump. But ultimately, we, got all, we all got bucked off, and they've been trying to get rid of his, his team ever since. Um, and, you know, I had a choice. I mean, you could cry about it or you can do something about it. And, and that's exactly what we did. And then when I saw Mitch McConnell was reaching into our state, and this is the exact... These are the same people that were fighting Trump. These are the same people that obviously created this mess in Alabama. Um, I wasn't going to just stand idly by. I was going to jump in. As a longtime Trump supporter myself from pretty much the very beginning, and I'll never forget that there were individuals in the movement, conservatives, Republicans, whatever, or they were part of the swamp or what have you, and that I I didn't know how my audience at the time was going to react to Donald Trump. But I'll never forget, because I took the time to watch the entirety of his speech when he announced he was running for president, mm-hmm. and I wasn't going to let the media launder it. I wasn't going to let them tell me or decipher what he was saying. So I go over to C-SPAN that night that he did, the, he, when, when he came down the, uh, yeah, escalator, the escalator and everything sure, else. Yeah. It was so cool. And I said, this is going to be interesting. And again, I had not really known him as a political quotient at all. So I read the, I, I watch the entirety of his speech. The next morning I come in and I say, you better watch out for this dude yep. because he is speaking the language that I don't think any Republican has had the guts to speak. Right. And he's speaking the language of the American people. And that's kind of probably what attracted you to him, too, well, because that's what, you, what you, that's why you're running. Look, I was in the intelligence community and the diplomatic community for, for years. And in 2011, um, we saw a big split. Uh, there were the, those that wanted to defend the Constitution and serve the American people and those that wanted to get political. And that's why we have ISIS, because they began running the intelligence community with their own agenda. I, I've taken a look at this thing. I know exactly what was going on. Uh, the people want Trump because they're, he's not part of this autocracy. Right now we have operating illegally in, in the United States a deep state that is shifting our elections into the hands of a liberal cabal of these autocratic few. It's an autocracy that we're seeing in Washington, D.C., did you know? So let's take for example this Alabama race. Doug Jones and, and Judge Roy Moore. Yeah. Doug Jones received more votes than Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton combined. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Tells you everything you need to know. Roy Moore has over six six hundred thousand votes and gets beat. Yeah. This is this is this is a this is a fix. Well, yes. But but and, and and I think they would have got. They felt like they were going to get away with it. With these polls with Hillary and Trump, and they, you know, they could just slide one by, but uh, man, he wiped the floor with her. Well, you also bring up election night and, and brought it up, and that's another example of how I was watching. I I had done both radio in the morning and TV, and so mm-hmm. I just kind of decided before election night, where I had to go kind of cover it, everything else, I was going to pop into the gym, and then you had all the TVs up there, and that was when the early returns were coming in, mm-hmm. and I noticed that, for instance, states that were still, like, with 0% reporting, right. they were giving to Hillary Clinton, yeah. and, like, for instance, in Alabama, where Trump, with with 
you know, 52% of the vote in was just swamping Hillary. Right. They still didn't call the state no, for which, him. And yeah. I knew what they were doing. They were trying to suppress the West right. Coast vote by trying to act like, you know, she was going to be wiping the floor. So they kept on giving her states with 0% reporting. Can I tell you a little bit of uh, campaign, uh, I don't know, gossip? So Chanel's siblings, her, her brother and sister, were at the Harvard Kennedy School of Government that night on the election night. And it was, you know, they had the balloons. They were going to do the balloon drop, and it was just going to be a big night for Hillary Clinton. And so they get in there, and, of course, they're, you know, apolitical, but, you know, they're studying. They're students. And it was just wall-to-wall Hillary people. And it was just like watching. We have amazing pictures of snowflakes just melting down. So we actually, we want to incorporate that. We need to incorporate that on our, on our uh, website. But it was amazing. I love it. So, yeah. uh, Cortland Sykes, uh, great to finally actually meet you in person, even though I talked to you uh, on the radio. So what do you uh, see as your priorities? If you are the next United States Senator from the state of Missouri, what would be, where, where, where's your focus? What's okay. your niche? Um, well, I'm, an, and I'm a national security candidate, obviously. I'm the, um, you know, with my experience in the intelligence community and the diplomatic community, I, I'm going to take all those tools with me. But, you know, for the, for the listeners, this is what, you know, this is how I rank in list, list of priority. It has to be number one. It has to be uh, my Christian faith in God. And I, I believe that you can't serve in a place like Washington, D.C. I've seen it, you know. Inside and out. I don't, I don't think you can serve in a place like Washington, D.C. without that anchor. Uh, number two, the guidelines of the Constitution that you have to abide because we're not seeing these elected officials on, on Capitol Hill just operating within the guidelines of the Constitution. If we had that, we'd have a lot less di- divisiveness in this country. Uh, number three, what is best for the state of Missouri? That is, that's what I look at. Uh, number four is supporting the president's agenda. I'll be the, I'll be the biggest champion uh, for our president on Capitol Hill. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, I've been in the Oval Office. I've been in White House Situation Room briefings. So I'm not a doughy, star-eyed, you know, s- junior senator uh, just looking to be mollycoddled by leadership. I'm not afraid to walk into the White House and say, look, you know, let's sit down. We're not leaving the room until we, have, we see a, the best way forward for Missouri. I can do that with the president. How are you seeing I, – I, I still – and I, when I talked to Tony about this, when I talked to Austin about this, I just still find it amazing that we went from zero to 60 with Josh Hawley, mm-hmm. and it was almost like a, this foregone conclusion that he was going to be the nominee. I'm even looking at the national reporting on this stuff, and they keep, all they mention is Josh Hawley. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like, wow, how is that possible? And also it's pretty amazing to me that the people I've managed to have most – access to mm-hmm. are people like you, Austin Peterson, Tony Minetti, mm-hmm. and Josh Hawley, who everybody's calling the front runner, is the hardest guy to talk to. And I'm, right. I'm trying to figure out, like, how the hell is that happening? Yeah. Why, why is that? What's going on there? And how have you seen it? I have my own, you know, personal feelings of Josh Hawley, but let's just put him personally aside and just talk about his candidacy, his, his campaign. Um, you know, it's, it's not Josh Hawley. I th- Josh Hawley's on a train he can't get off of. Right now, this is he, he's been handpicked by by uh, Mitch McConnell and, you know, because he's obedient and because he's supposed to do all the right things. Look, it's I'm not kicking his butt. Tony's not kicking his butt. Austin certainly isn't kicking anybody's butt. It, it's the state of Missouri that's kicking Josh Hawley's butt. And he knows it. Uh, and they're trying to do the best they can to get him into the general. But when they do that, I'm telling you, I look, I've been all over the state. We've been to every corner of this state and support just keeps pouring in and pouring in. And people are jumping off the Holly ship and the donors. They want their money back. They're having buyer's remorse. And I honestly, I don't think it has anything to do with Josh Hawley personally. 
except he's just not showing up. And, he, you know, a lot, a lot of this obviously has to do with our governor, too. I mean, this is, right. this is probably something that not a lot of people go, go into, not a lot of candidates, but I'm happy to. But, you know, after picking donors over due process with, with Governor Greitens, uh, that really reflected his integrity. Uh, this is our attorney general. This is the justice system. And somebody that's going to pick donors over due process is a complete violation of their oath, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, when the, when the national guys, I just saw something from Roll Call, and they talked about this, and they said uh, Josh Hawley's main problem might be him being too closely associated with Governor Greitens. And we're here in Missouri watching <laughs> him, like, throwing well, yeah, Greitens no, it, under the bus. Yeah. What's that about? So this is the innocuous, you know, word games that they play in Washington, D.C. to try to keep their, their guy alive. And that's all this is. I mean, Josh Ollie has all of the – he has the biggest machine in the world, political machine in the world behind him, and he's getting his tail kicked in Missouri. That's, so, I mean, there, there's a reason for that, though. We're, we're done with this. You know, the American people, they're, they're sick of it. So this is why we have Trump as president, not, yeah. not Jeb or Hillary. <laughs> right, no, no doubt. <laughs> I mean, that is that's so true. Uh, Cortland, I, you know, I don't remember, and you don't have to bring it up if you don't want to. I, I couldn't figure out this story. I think they tried to make it like an Aiken moment or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I didn't even, to tell you the truth, most of us didn't even bother reading the story about something you said that yeah. seemed perfectly it wasn't like it was i i can't even remember yeah. what it was i mean do you even want to talk about oh it? yeah absolutely okay, well, good, because no questions are off the table uh and i think it's important because missouri needs to know what they're getting um you know i did i come out with a controversial story and by the way uh, this is the reason I'm the only person that can be Claire McCaskill. This is this is the reason because I can pack a punch. We know I got their attention. Look, I had no name recognition going into this thing. You know, I was paid most of my life, so people didn't know who I was. You know, I was I was yeah. a spy. Right so now. I mean, so uh, I can pack a punch. I can get their attention. I was. They came out with you know a nice little hit job in the Washington Post, New York Times, News Newsweek, Time Magazine. You know, even Cosmo Magazine. Uh, but it was a statement against radical feminists. And I believe that radical feminists are destroying the fabric of our family, our society. And they say that they empower women. This is their goals. But they do the exact opposite. Radical feminists today or feminists today want to make victims of our women. And this is essentially what my statement said. I was asked, do I favor women's rights? Well, the answer to that is I favor human rights. We're all equal. Um, but, you know, with the snottiness of the delivery of that question, I responded with, well, my fiance Chanel, you know, she, she says that I, I, I have to. Uh, but, 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 but for my obedience, I want dinner on the table at six. So, but if anybody's met Chanel, now listen, Chanel finished in the top 1% of her Harvard intensive writing courses. Top 1%. She's, she is a tiger, and nobody's going to say, I want dinner on the table by six. This was said in tongue-in-cheek. So you were I – mean, okay, well, I, I've, I've had yeah. that happen to yeah. me. So, so, oh, yeah. have you? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, but I mean – but anybody that knows Chanel knows that, number one, I adore her, and number two, you know, we are a team, 100% yeah. a team. Yeah. So, you know, but my – but I followed that with, with a vicious attack with some really grabbing language – about the the radical feminist movement and why people are ba- abandoning this movement. So, and it got everybody's attention. And then, you know, obviously the pylon. Uh, the pylon's very important. Watch, watch these. If anybody, look, take a candidate who's taking a lot of heat. The first thing they do is go and get in front of a microphone. That's the one you want. They can take the heat. They can pack a punch and take the heat. 
Am I right? Oh, yeah. You're standing behind a microphone. Well, now I am. <laughs> oddly, oddly enough. It but it's Josh Hawley. No, I no. Exactly. Right. And, and oddly enough, had I actually had the opportunity in the wake of uh, my thing that I did with the tweet and I had, and, and the people who were controlling my fate allowed me to speak, you bet your ass I would have been out there. Yeah. Fighting uh, tooth and nail and defending it, but they wouldn't let me. So I'm glad you. Well, had the I've had here. the same experience, Jamie, and, and I don't know if you know this, but this was my exact same experience because I came out with this 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 uh, statement. And by the way, as I travel Missouri, people know about this, and they say, "Yeah, we're back. We're behind you 100 percent." But they just they put me on a I guess a blacklist. I don't oh, know of course. Well, because they didn't want to, and and they, they, that's that's why some of the Republicrats called this the Aiken <laughs> moment because they did the same thing to Aiken uh, in, in, that, in that sense. And so, so they just mm. simply p- put you in some kind of little hole there. Yeah. And, and by the way, you're, what you said about radical feminism is nothing that, for instance, feminist Camille Paglia has, has said yeah. or Suzanne Venker. I don't right. know whether you guys know yep. who she is, but she, she's well, written about this extensively. Yep. So uh, there yeah, are plenty I, of women. I, I call them nail-biting, manophobic she-devils. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? I mean, with, I'm not... with, with snake-filled heads. Yeah, I, uh, I, I hit him between the eyes on that one. So. Yeah, well, yeah. so, but but the reality is, it's true. What what you're saying in in content is, it, it, I think it was only because it came out of the mouth of a guy right. that the oh, media went crazy because there were plenty of women saying the exact same thing. Right, right. Cortland, we first of all, thousands and thousands of people watch this Facebook live feed because this is all video as well yeah man um and we always try to pick a a question from there yeah and so linda specifically wanted to know where you are at specifically on border security right okay um i don't know how much time we have on this but i can spend a day on it (laughs) okay so this is called radio free almond we could go until noon if you want so linda thank you for the question this is important um number one we do need a wall and the evidence is there and i'm a facts guy i'm a numbers guy that's what i want i want evidence uh, illegal immigration dropped 45% last year in 2017 just by having the mere discussion of building a wall, just talking about it. So we know right away that the wall is going to work. We also know that on an economic level, I mean, it costs, what, $25 billion roughly, and we spend $96 billion a year, uh, every year. So would you rather spend $25 billion once or $96 billion every year? And the answer to that is uh, $25 billion. But to get back to the national security and why that border is so important, Uh, We've had over 7,600 deaths due to armed conflict in northern Mexico just in the last three months. Last year, there were 23,000, over 23,000 deaths in Mexico that nobody's talking about. In Afghanistan, there were 16,000. Iraq, there were 17,000. That means the United States would be safer if it bordered Iraq or Afghanistan. There's a war going on in Mexico that nobody is talking about. It is incredible. It's crucial that we send every asset that we can to protect that border. And you're not a nation state unless you have a border and the means to protect it. We have the means to protect it, but we don't have a border right now. And that's something that we want to work on. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Uh, cool. Great answer, too. Yeah. And, and tonight, uh, Cortland Sykes is going to be at the debate that we're having right there in beautiful Fenton nice. at the Rockwood School District building. And we're going to be there. Cortland Sykes is going to be there. We have uh, Austin Peterson, Tony Minetti, and a guy named Ben Pfeiffer, and yeah. there's one other person I'd never even heard of. So we'll see how this whole thing goes. And of course, I'll be moderating it, and it's going to be a great one. I think. Now listen, <laughs> if I go over my time, you're not going to have a hot poker on you. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, dude. I might, I might, I might just show up with one tonight. 
<laughs> you know, here, here's how it works. I don't even know what exactly the rules are going to be, but I think we're going to try to make it so that it's a it's a decent conversation. I don't right. like this. Okay, you have thirty seconds. I mean, that's just is laborious, ridiculous. Right. I mean, and obviously, you guys are all good people. You're not going to sit there and filibuster the whole time or do whatever. And I think if we do it more naturally. I think it helps. It's, yeah. a, it's more of a service to yeah. voters. And people can get an honest reflection of what they're getting at the polls. You know, I mean, really, when you open it up for discussion, especially, I feel that way. You know, I got a lot out of these, these last debates, uh, the presidential debates, because, you know, they, they pretty much had an open forum. They, they allowed, you know, the guys and gals to, to go at it in a little bit. And uh, you can see whose level of decorum is up, who's going to represent them better. Uh, it's really easy to go tear somebody's head off. That's the, that's the easiest part about debating. But really kind of keep an eye on the guy that – or the, the girls. Christy Nichols is going to be there too. Christy tonight, Nichols, so, right, yeah. yeah. Um, and so keep an eye on the people that can, that can show a little bit more decorum. That's, yeah. I, think, I think that's what we need right now. Uh, yeah. No doubt about it. I, so I think that more of the freer form is going to be yeah. uh, how we're going to roll with it. Yeah. And you, you're, you're great at that. Everybody, everybody is. And Now, do you actually have conversations with these – these other guys at all? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Tony and I have a pretty good relationship. Uh-huh. We, you know, and you you see these guys everywhere on the Lincoln Day Trail. Yeah, right. right. So, Lincoln except Day for Dennis, Josh Hawley, except for Josh Hawley, bless his heart. And you know, no, but it's really it comes down to this three people that that have been traveling the state. That's Austin Peterson, uh, Tony Minetti, and and I have uh, and Chanel with Chanel, obviously. So, um, you know, that's really it. That the three of us have been traveling around, and uh, and we we've built a, a friendly enough uh, relationship. Yeah. All right, but, but we're still competitors. You know? Oh no, I know, yeah. I know, and that's good. And I, you know, yeah. it's one of those things where I think we have. I'm still going to beat them all. <laughs> that's <what you're> <laughs> Listen, yeah. you have to say <laughs> that. I, I still think no. We... I, I will. <laughs> I will. I, I honestly do think, and Ryan, you probably have been able to glean this too, just in the, in the conversations we have with these with these guys. I think we have. I, well, in my history here in Missouri, uh, and having grown up here, everything else, I think we have the strongest slate. Oh. Yeah. Of Republican candidates for the U.S. Senate, I've seen have in you a seen long the, time. Yeah, have you seen the auditors race? Now you talk about a talented pool of people. Have oh, you seen yeah. these folks? Uh, yeah, and I just, it. Yeah. may I just say this just real quick because it's important for your listeners. Now this is an important race. This auditors race is very crucial. Um, I mean, it, it really comes down to. I mean, the, the redistricting is on the table. So and and they're very talented uh, candidates. Take a good look at all of them. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And Paul Kurtman's a good guy. Yeah. And 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 Nicole Galloway is the only Democrat statewide office holder left. Right now in Missouri, so mm-hmm. we'll see how yeah. how that whole thing goes. The one thing you did mention that you, the, the redistricting, uh, folks, and I haven't had a chance to talk about this. And next week, maybe I'll kind of get to it. This whole clean Missouri baloney, mm. uh, which which is uh, watch out because there are people out there wanting to put they're, they're wanting to put this on the ballot. Uh-huh. And Governor Greitens has allowed it on the ballot because he's actually you know just bu- busy and whatever else. But but here's the deal: this clean Missouri thing is an effort basically to take control of the state yep. artificially through redistricting. Right. And if you look at, for instance, Cook County, Illinois, where all the Democrats are, what they did there is the same thing they're going to try to do here. They're going to get this demographer in, and they're going to start to they, – they do it's like fingers. So you have yeah. one slate, and then they do the fingers into the districts. And each finger is a sliver of Democrat voters that water down Republican strongholds, and that's how they take control of local governments right. and state governments. Do not vote for the clean Missouri, and don't yeah. sign oh, the petition. Oh, this is the either. oldest trick in Washington, or and now they're bringing it here. Is they put a 
nice, pretty label on something, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and it's really bad for us. Yeah. You know, I mean, the privatization of water, they're trying to come after our water with a real pretty... I mean, all of this is just... Uh, yeah, so I'm glad you actually brought that yeah, up. Man. No for clean Missouri. The no, debate no yeah. tonight is really going to be important. I mean, if you see the Facebook comments. Do we have any other questions I, we need to knock out? The number one uh, that the most most people say is particularly politicians say one thing on the trail, right. and then they get into Congress, mm-hmm. and they just become a part of the machine. Right. And so a lot of people say, what will keep you from doing the exact same thing? Right, right. And, you know, you don't know until that person right. is, is elected because they don't have a track record. But I do have a track record. I have a track record with my intelligence background and my diplomatic background. And, I'll, and I, it, it goes back to the same model because I get the same question on the trail. You have to look at people's experience and what they've done in, in your life. You know, I, I say I'm at these Lincoln Day dinners and we, yeah. have, we have, what, three to five minutes to get up there and speak. And I say all the time, I say, look, you know, there's nothing I can say in five minutes that's going to get you to vote for me. It's true. I would, as a voter, I wouldn't vote on anybody based on what they said <laughs> in five or ten minutes. It's true. I want to watch them. I want to watch what they do. I want to watch what their actions are during the campaign. I want to see what they did in, in their previous life. And my experience in the military like in the military and the intelligence community in 2011 was the biggest deal. When that split happened, when it went political, half the camp in the intelligence community went political. The other half stayed with defending the Constitution and serving the American people. Uh, I got out. I got out for a good reason. It, that, it goes back to serving the American people and, and really being dedicated to the Constitution. I say, I'll also say this. I've also term-limited myself to two terms. You know, I know that time in Washington corrupts. It's true. There's, yeah. no, there's no doubt about that. Um, and I want to raise my family in Missouri. That's, this is what we decided to do, and this is what we really want to do. But we, we have to take out this autocracy. And the very thing that people are afraid of, me getting involved in this, this uh, Washington machine, is the exact same thing that I'm going after. I know where the targets are. I want a constitutional republic. I don't want what we have in Washington right now. So. Nice. Cortland Sykes... Uh, great to meet you in person finally. And again, folks, as you know, this whole week, I can tell you as a matter of fact, you've heard more from the Republican candidates for the U.S. Senate than you have heard on any other radio outlet. And I don't care whether it's conservative radio outlets or whatever, on any other radio outlet, any other TV outlet. And because it's Radio Free Almond, we were able to spend a half hour with these guys yeah. and and just talk about stuff and allow them to be able to present themselves because the media and some other people want to dictate who your nominee is exactly. going to be and i guarantee you it's so funny how this how this how this week has gone because we had tony on first it was i love tony then we have austin <laughs> on first exactly i love happening. austin yeah. then we have courtney courtland on and it's like i love court so that's the way it should be because yeah. you guys need to be able to hear from these guys and and we you know, really, technically, uh, as conservatives, we owe these individuals the time yeah. to be able to speak in an open forum, in an open fashion, and 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 not let the media and other people tell us who our nominee is going to be. Right. So I'm glad you're able to come in. I yeah. love it, the fact that you were able to come in, too, because I think it's always better uh, than over the phone. But it, thanks for making the trip down here, buddy. I appreciate and it. And I'll thanks see you tonight, man. Yes. Yeah, okay, good. I'll give you I'll give you a radio-free almond hat you can wear. <laughs> you don't have to wear it on the stage. I'll just wear you can wear it around. She would look it would look much better on Chanel. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. I'll set you guys up, man. Thank hey, you. Thank you so much. That is uh yeah. Cortland Sykes and Chanel, thank you. Nice to meet you. Thank you.
Ryan, I love the fact that we can do this. And even when we ultimately and you're not you're not hearing commercials right now. Uh, and, and, and part of that has to do with the fact. Well, I have some brand new people coming on board, yeah. but part of that has to also have to do with the fact that I am prohibited, and this will change, I'm prohibited from having and even talking to some of my previous sponsors to support this show. Yeah. But that's not, that's going to change eventually. Uh, but 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 isn't that something like they like 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 the radio station can the dinosaur can kick me out of there and then a try to prevent me from working on another radio station which isn't going to happen and b prevent me from talking to my previous advertisers but you know what that's going to change and you guys know that it's going to change, and that's. But but we're still going to have the same kind of amount of free time on Radio Free Albany, even when we build up our cache of advertisers on the show, which actually is going on right now. So we're talking to, uh, and you know what? I would encourage you to get out there and talk to them about this. For instance, uh, we've got Dr. Stacy of Precision yep. Dental, in all likelihood, hooking up with us. Yeah, Dr. Eric Naputi. We've got other individuals who are, and I, I really, am, I don't, I don't want to put them in a corner, but uh, conservative pool service. If you guys want to talk to these guys and say, hey, support, uh, push it, or, or if you have some ideas for people who want to support the show, then definitely bring them on, let them know. Also, we're still looking for businesses, and we got plenty of them where we can drop off the bumper stickers for you. Look for some billboards, and look for the gear. At RadioFreeAlmond.com as well. And we're rolling. But this is Radio Free Almond, And we have all the time in the world to talk to the people who are important to you and who you want to hear from. And that's how we're rolling. And we'll continue to roll like that because we have a little sponsored trick we're pulling. And it'll still be as free as you're hearing it right now. We just have different ways to do moving it around. We built an entire radio network in 30 days, people. You don't think we're going to be able to pull anything we want off? Absolutely. No one's going to stop us. We are Radio Free Almond. And that's Ryan Jaycox over there. I love you, I'm buddy. Jamie Almond, And we are a formidable team, my friend. Aren't we? we are. We'll be back. A buddy of mine, Pascal's coming in. Have you met him before? No. He's a cool guy. I'm excited. I'm going to be on his show probably next week or something. Uh, we'll see. I'm not really doing too many interviews because uh, my lawsuit and I speak for myself, so we'll see. But he's still going to come in. We're going to have a little fun. And uh, do, Can we do any phone calls? Of course we can. Okay, we're going to take, we're gonna take, we're gonna take a phone call or you two. You want to do that when you. we get back? Yeah, when we come back. All right? Yeah, here. We'll be back in about a couple minutes, okay?
mesa. It's not every day you get to listen to not one, but three fabulous songs from, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh is awesome, man. That guy has really, you know, he went through a lot of different kind of uh, problems and stuff like that. And the dude has just, like, come back like gangbusters, man. And so he's he's, he's, he's as best as he's ever been, man. I saw him in concert not too long ago. I think he was with Bob Seger or something. Really? Oh yeah, and Seger's Silver another one. Bullet band. Bob Seger looks like he's 110, <laughs> but his voice is as crisp as it's ever been. Wow. Oh yeah. Hmm. Hey, before we get to my friend Pascal, did you see this Samantha B? You know who Samantha B is? She's this left wing comedian. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pascal Baboof, you know who Samantha B is, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. She's you're, really funny. You're well. She's she, really funny. This, this was really funny when she. Uh, Lauded Schneiderman. You see it's this? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's. I'm Eric Schneiderman, and I'm the Attorney General of the State of New York, the lawyer for the State of New York and for the people of the State of New York. Happy one year anniversary. Well, thank you. He must be so happy that Trump won because he's giving you so much material. So this whole thing where she's like sucking up to Schneiderman or Schneiderman or whatever you want to call yeah. him has now like been a huge embarrassment for Samantha B, which is why I am pushing for Samantha B to be replaced by Pascal. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's why I'm. I'm like oh. because you know. But not only is he funny, he's talented. You should hear the dude sing and his band. What's the name of your band again? The Fix. The Fix. Yeah, uh, they're they're really good. And uh, the Pascal <laughs> Show. Tell me, tell me where the Pascal Show where where we can find it. Uh, you can find it on Facebook. Uh, if you go to facebook.com forward slash, this is throwing me off. Sorry, uh, facebook.com forward slash the Pascal Show. Also, if you go to um, youtube.com forward slash the Pascal Show, we actually stream live on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, 10 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah. yeah. So after you consume some Radio Free Almond, you can pop over there and check out Pascal. Yeah. yeah. You know? and, 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 and Pascal, I'd I lo- love to be reuniting with a lot of the people. At, for instance, I had Pascal on the uh, Almond Report show quite a bit. And I've been on yours. I've only been on your show one time. Yeah, and that's but that, not which, because I, you know. I'm trying to get you back on here. I know, and man. you've been really difficult, man. <laughs> I know. So, you know, I'm, I've been wanting you on the show really, really bad because I would love to just rap about everything that yeah. you got going on, which, by the way, congratulations. You know, nice spread, by the way. <laughs> Thank you, brother. It's really nice. I so, appreciate that. Well, yeah, yeah. I'd, love to, it, we, uh, I'd love to come on. I think there were other people who wanted to do interviews uh, about the case itself, just about the case. Sure. And my attorney was like, I don't really want you doing that. I want to be with you. And now, I, so I don't want to sit there. Don't want to interrupt. But here's the thing. This is, what, this is why you should like me a little bit more. <laughs> I'm not here to talk about the case. I know. At all. I don't want to talk about the case. I want to talk about the things. I understand. Before. Yeah. And then after. We don't have to talk about the case. I know. That's fine. I don't I mean, care about People kind of know about that. And I want to. And one of the things about uh, Pascal's audience and draw is it's a very great 
diverse. And when I mean diverse, I'm talking about politically diverse. People yeah. are just kind of living their lives, and, and you, you have fun. And you no guys... one's safe. I make fun of everybody. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. If Obama does something stupid, I'm going to make fun of Obama. I mean, that's just how the show is. <laughs> what, did, what did I do? What was the contest you had me involved in, man? But it did involve water. What was that? Um, pin the tail on the donkey. <laughs> and it was a whole thing of who said it. Was it Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump? <laughs> and anytime the person who got it right gets to squirt water in the face of <laughs> the person right. who. Right. Got it wrong. It was a lot of fun. Now, did did I win that? Uh, I think I did, man. Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> I think that we need to have a rematch okay. just for just I know. for fun. We can I know. do that. The show's Where are you recording the show now? Uh, the right show. now, we're at the uh, Demetrius Johnson Foundation Center. Oh, nice. Um, so we're right up the street from from here. Um, yeah, and oh, it's, wow. it's a nice spot. I mean, we've been bouncing around for a while. At yeah, first, it yeah. was. At first it was Tin Roof, um, uh, O'Fallon Brewery at first, then Tin Roof, then uh, Patios, then, you know, Ballpark right, Village. Right, right, yeah. Just bouncing everywhere just to find a space. And we just found a nice little space up there. That's great, man. I'd, yeah. love, to, I'd love to somehow get you also involved with the Radio Free Almond Network. I, I would love how it. we could do that, but I figure we could figure out something. But yeah. I'd like to – because you know what? We're – as I've been telling people, we're – and Ryan, we're we're a twenty four hour network. network. I mean, and we're only right mm-hmm. now filling. Well, actually, we're filling six because we do the show from six to nine, and then every day at three, we go ahead and put the show back on just in case you all oh, missed okay. it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but really, honestly, at some point, um, I kind of reached out to uh, Dan Bongingo yep. or whatever his name is, Bongingo. <laughs> yeah. I knew what you meant. <laughs> Fandango. Well, I don't you know, know. Here's, the, here's the deal. I've never actually had to say his name because oh. I've never had him on. I just see him. So I sent him an email, and I, I, I'm hoping he's getting it because I'd love to have him do like yeah. an hour show. And we might even get Eric Bowling. He's currently on CRTV. We might get Eric Bowling on. We're looking at the possibility of bringing Savage onto the Radio Free Almond Network. Nice. And we got a couple other people going. Yep. We, you know what we might even do? And we got to kind of figure this out. But if Kaysen can help us monetize it, we might even give that left-wing kook a show. You think we could do that? I do. Mm. The audience is so mixed on him, right. which I oh, actually yeah. think is funny. I know. Because well, like, he's such a likable guy. I at, met him. That, yeah, I love the guy. I I I like to see him do. I like to do, see him do an hour with. Uh, he's got a he's got a uh, a conservative foil that he goes back and forth with. So maybe those two can do it uh, if if they can raise it up. Yeah, because for eventually us. I'm taking him to church with me. Yeah, <laughs> see, I know because he you know he wants to go. Oh, he does. Well, yeah. the question is, are you are you trying to keep the station, the network that you have, only on one side? Are you trying to have? The well, opposing well, side, let's put it this way. I, I, I will tell you too. Well, I will tell you as a conservative myself, and, and I'm not. I'm not trying to be crazy here because I, I would have. I would have Pascal on the network anytime. But I have fought too hard for this movement and for my message and for us as conservatives and, and mainly common sense people, not. Just Republicans, because I had a lot of union guys, Democrats, people listen to my show because we talked about common sense. But I will tell you, just as a matter of philosophy for me, I have fought too hard to build this network, and and Ryan has too, to then just turn around and hand it over to 
a bunch mm-hmm. of Democrats to use yeah. because they they already have their they already have their outlets. They've got CBS News, they've got NBC News, they've got CNBC, they've got MSNBC, they've got ABC. They have the St. Louis Post Dispatch. They have uh, KMOX. They have the Riverfront Times. They have this and that. So you know what? Use that. Don't be using my. Radio Free Almond Network, except maybe Mark Kaysen, because he's a likable guy. And you guys do need to hear from the other side every once in a while and need to have right. that kind of thing. But I will tell you that I didn't, I didn't create this real estate just to start uh, settling, uh, letting a bunch of left-wingers squat on it, because they have their own space. <laughs> Okay. Is that a good enough that, answer that, for that's, you? That's, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Pascal's like, strong I don't answer. know whether I want to be on your show. Strong but, answer. No, but, but, <laughs> yeah. Strong answer. But, 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 really, but, part of, but, but really, honestly, the reason why I love Pascal to do something with this is because every, every network or every kind of uh, place needs somebody, some place to go where they just want entertainment. They maybe want right. – Maybe even some you do political humor too, which is great because you'll make yeah. fun of everybody. So maybe that's but why I, do, I would love to have that. Up. But I do have my political opinions as well. That's I okay, mean, and they kind of go. They definitely go. <laughs> well, not right. They go left. Yeah. So I get it. you know, it, it, just saying that out loud. But keep in mind, though, Pascal, you, know, you were you were though one of the first people. First of all, I've had you on the TV show plenty of times. Of course, thank you had you. me on your show. And so it's more, it's it's kind of like Cason. It's like we we have a great deal of mutual respect, of course. And, and so and, and my and let's put it this way: my whole family is liberal. I, I'm the only that. conservative in my family. I mean, I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about my 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 sisters and brothers. Okay, my in laws are definitely uh, yeah. Okay. Well, or, or maybe wouldn't have described themselves as that before I was around them. Uh, but 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 the common sense part of it they all get. But yeah. my but my most of my my sisters and brothers, uh, and my mom, Liberal. who hates Donald Trump. All no. Right? Oh, but but let me tell you something though. My mom and I are really super close. She's about to turn ninety, and my mom and I go out together. We have fun together. We have cocktails together, and we are as tight as a drum. And that's because when you love somebody. And and you actually are uh, respect somebody. Uh, those things about political differences go by the wayside. And, I, and one quick story about my mom uh, is is that like for instance we're so close that th- there's been a few times when I've been on when I was on the dinosaur show <laughs> where I was late for the show or I overslept. Every single time, it was because I was out with my mom the night before. Wow. I am not kidding you. Because I'm like... Your mom knows how to rock and roll, <laughs> yeah, huh? Yeah, she does. <laughs> she does. We'll go out. We'll go to see Tony Bennett, whatever. But I'm just saying, and, and my mom and I will tease each other because my mom will say... I'll tell, tell my mom, because she doesn't like Donald Trump, uh, so viscerally, you know? Right. And, and I think it's because, you know, my mom grew up... Yeah, this was the fifties and sixties, right? So, right. so this was the Mad Men time, you know. Okay, sure. And, and, and I was teasing her because I said, you know, I, I know why you don't really don't like him. You don't even. This is not about politics. He reminds you of Dad, doesn't yeah, he? Sure. He, remi- he reminds you of that the, that switch because that's the kind of guy Trump is. Sure, he kind of reminds you a little bit of that dude. Hundred when people smoked on airplanes, guy. You know, that <laughs> yeah. guy, you know. And he's, so he's old school. Yeah, right. And so and so that's why. I, and we tease each other about it. But to my point, and my brothers and sisters i dearly love and have been very supportive but we just sometimes don't just talk now are politics. you a trump supporter then 
<laughs> no, no. But what I'm saying is, but, but the, so not that, at all. That's where we go down around okay. to Pascal because see, he and I have a friendship that we've developed and a mutual respect that okay. I, that we could. It transcends know. politics and uh, you know political views. I mean, okay. you can be yeah. in the same room with somebody who's a Trump 100%. supporter and still be able to have a conversation talking about the weather or kids yeah. or life. That doesn't always have to just mean, oh, because you're a Trump supporter, that means that's that right. you're a racist. It's just like, if you have that opinion, if that's if that's the lane that you're in, here's my lane. Let's just respect each other. And I think that's what the thing Kanye was trying to say, but he said it terribly. So it's just more of a, hey, we should just love each other and be cool with each other because, hey, we're all human. Right. He's got his his opinion. I got my opinion, but we still respect each other. Do you, you think know what, what I mean? yeah, absolutely. And that, and that's why I think too and and our audience uh, on Facebook and on the stream, that's how they are. Like when Kaysen was on, they disagreed. Like we we had that conversation with Kaysen and we talked about God, abortion, religion, guns, everything, and there wasn't one time where it deteriorated into some uh you know what kind of match right uh we just had a great conversation laughed a little bit that's yeah. kind of how it is it's real life and so right. i don't i don't mind the radio free almond uh reflecting real life but i but i'm not going to have some i'm not going to have the democratic party on for an hour that that's just not going right. to happen but nonetheless i think that pascal kind of reached uh, but back to your uh you mentioned conway what did you what Conway. Did, Conway. What did you think about because at first glance mm. I thought mm. that thing about the slavery thing Oh god okay. uh, was that taken out of context or was mm. or what, what what did you make of it what was, he said Okay let me just start with this first off I, first off it was live so there's no way it was taken out of context you could watch the entire episode it was live on TMZ he's having a conversation it was not cut out it yeah. wasn't recut or anything like that it is literally one take where he says Slavery is a slavery was a choice. Now, well, <laughs> shameless plug. If you go check out my show, I actually have a whole thing, a whole monologue where I talk about this whole situation right. that he says slavery was a choice because now, I wait, found wait, it wait, very did ridiculous. He, but did he say the word slavery was a choice? He said slavery. Uh, you know, uh, in America, four hundred years, man, that just sounds like a choice. And then he kept going. All right, let me ask you this. When I heard it, Pascal, because you did a whole monologue on it, so I want to give you a chance yeah, to actually ahead. talk about it. But Ooh, when yeah. I heard it, I was thinking, <laughs> <laughs> right, I mean, it, when I heard it, first of all, I was like, A, I'm glad I didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, Shoot. And, and B, I thought, well, did, was he saying that he wished that people took up arms or something against the people who were oppressing that's them. That's what it sounded like. And, okay. and I thought that's what he meant. What he meant, I think that's what he meant. In a, in a, to a certain extent, he was like, hey, 400 years, you know, why, haven't, why hadn't anybody taken, you know, stood up against the man and tried to uh, break it down? But the funny thing is, is that there's been, there were several slave revolts on American soil. Several. They weren't successful, but there were several you see what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, yeah. him talking, he was just literally t- talking out of his butt, and he should have just kept his mouth shut and just kind of found another way to get his point across. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely, because because I think I think that by the way, I'm from Haiti, okay? It was over four hundred years of slavery in Haiti. We're the only we are the only uh successful slave re- re- revolution 
in the Western Hemisphere. Why? Because we chose to get out of the situation. We had a success where we drove out the French out of Haiti and took over the, our land or took over the land that we were obviously implanted in. Do you so, know what I mean? So do you think if so you think slavery is not right. a choice? No, you're, do you think if do you think if Conway had said what you just said, for instance, like, hey, you know, uh, at some point, I think that we, uh, well, let's see, the, the the word choice is tough because in any any situation like that, what you're doing is in in some cases, it's like if you blame. Uh, if you blame Jewish people for not fighting hard on enough for the Holocaust, that, yeah. that creates a real problem for you when you're Absolutely. saying things like that. And so that's how it was taken when he said that. But had he right. said, you know what, I wish that we would have had enough people or enough this or enough that to do what they did in Haiti, which is absolutely get in the face of the man, take, right. take him down, and fight back like that. Right. I'm... Uh... Wait, where's, where's well, the Well, what I'm saying is, Sorry. had he said what you said, you know oh, what I mean? Like, yeah, had, had he yeah. explained some historical reference or whatever, and, instead of saying... But then, because, I, but then I would ask him, have you seen Birth of a Nation? Have you seen any other movie that's been out? I'm not saying that all of these movies about slave revolutions. I mean, we only really have from my career. And, you know, obviously, I'm not uh, fully uh, studied on this particular part, but... You know, just a few years ago, Birth of a Nation came out, and it was about uh, uh, Nat Turner's, uh, uh, you know, slave revolution. Right, it was. Right. It wasn't successful, but it was somebody who made a choice yeah. to say, "Hey, I'm, I've had enough of this situation, and I'm going to lead some uh, slaves to fight." You know, lead my people to fight and try to, you know, stop this slavery from happening. Do you at least respect? Kanye, because it's a risk to come out and say something like that. I don't respect a person who's going to say something that's ignorant. Give me the the facts. Like, go ahead, say that point, but give me the facts. Don't come in here saying slavery was a choice and just let it sit there with no explanation, homie. Now, let me ask you this, though. You you know what I mean? Like, if anybody, somebody comes up and says some ignorant stuff, some, some... you know, right extremist guy comes up and says sure. something extremely just like some serious heavy stuff. Okay. If he says something that's really heavy, like like saying something like uh, the Holocaust didn't exist. Okay, give me the facts, homie. Where are the facts? Show me where the Holocaust didn't exist. Right. How is that even possible? You see what I'm saying? So I do. Something like that, It it, it for me as a, a black man, a black American... Sure. It, ugh, it just it yeah. boils my but blood see, when I hear somebody say something so stupid, especially someone who has a platform as large as he does. Do you know that that man turned around Adidas? Yeah. That company Adidas oh, was falling apart because he <laughs> and I love those sneakers, man. They're dope. <laughs> and he came in and he flipped the world, right? Because he said he put his name Kanye yeah. on it. Kanye, whatever his ye- Yeezys, whatever yep. they're called. And he, that company went straight through the roof. So he came out of nowhere and says something like that. It's like he's got this platform. He's got a huge platform. He's got to use his head and he's got to think before he ta- you know, before well, he speaks. And, and what, but see, what's happening here with what Pascal is doing is what we ought to be doing. Instead of demanding, for instance, somebody resign right. or demand that they be fired or demand yeah. that they be this or demand that they be that, 
and and if someone says something you don't like, then say something back to refute them. But our society is right. such. I agree, and that's why I maintain because of, because of what happened to me, and of course. I will have I've had I will have my recourse and I will prevail over what happens. So don't worry about me. But what I am saying is, after for instance my tweet, which was was taken wildly out of context, and in mm-hmm. fact to the point where newspapers libeled me, accusing me of threatening to sexual assault somebody, and then of course then then people calling for your resignation or to be fired. At that point, instead, what we should have done is something that I did on a continual basis. Like, for instance, when Maria Chappelle Nadal, who I couldn't de- disagree with more when it comes to her politics and everything right. else, when Maria Chappelle Nadal said that about Trump on her Facebook page, I was the only conservative to openly and, and come out and say, you know what? This is bullcrap for people to demand her resignation or that she be impeached or run her out of office. Let the voters decide what that's all about. And do you really think that Maria Chappelle Nadal threatened to kill Donald Trump? No. Do you really think that Kathy Griffin really was was wanting to behead Donald yeah, Trump? Yeah. Or for that matter, Snoop, when he has right. his when he has his uh, toe tag, it's like at some point, all right, you can speak your mind through your choices. But what, but in our country now, right now, everybody reflexively demands resignations. They yeah. demand firings. They want people removed. They want to remove this speech instead of refute it. And what you're doing with Conway is is the way Americans ought to be operating. Conway, I don't agree with you. You said something stupid. This is what's up, and I'm going to have a, my use my platform. To, to get to, to get you well, and also you here are the facts Kanye, here are facts Kanye also came out all, during George Bush's time and said George Bush hates black people exactly oh and, and that's funny because uh, you say that and that's how I started the entire thing I said you remember when Kanye said this okay and played the video clip because I'm going I'm confused now what's going on you know but at the same time I know that Kanye believes certain things like Kanye believes that Trump is really trying to help black Americans yeah. and, and, you know, raise, uh, get more jobs for black. Do you Americans believe that? Stuff like that. No. What do you mean? You don't. don't. How do no. you not believe that? It's I just. OK, well, t- OK, now you like you like you like facts. I do like. So facts. give me a fact that leads you to believe he is not working on now, behalf of black. Americans. So that part, I feel that. He is busy with, or you know what? And it's also maybe this is the part of where I'm going to, you know, step down, you know, uh, because I also know that how the media is now, it's it's very much about Stormy Daniels and all this other stuff. So I don't really hear a lot about him doing anything for the black community. I don't. Let me ask you I this. I personally then. do right. not. Well, well, so- he says it. He says it live all the time. But I have yet to see actual proof. Well, let me ask you this then. So, so what is the difference between like when, when President Trump improves the economy with our jobless rate as low as it, as it is, with wages increasing, uh, with businesses starting? I'm trying to figure out like what would, what would he do separately to help the black community? Because isn't it, what's the difference between the black community and right. the white community? You know what I'm saying? Like uh, there's 
there is well <laughs> there's a lot of differences but well, you know, I mean, we can but, go but I know what the I know I know what the, co- the the obvious ones are but when it comes but, to economic interests and 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 what a politician or a leader can do to help them what's the difference because I, I because the because black americans like white americans want stronger economies they want a stronger job situation and so I'm I'm kind of trying to see what the difference is in terms of helping these individuals. I mean, President Trump, uh, when, when he went to Detroit, like, I'll, I'll give you an example. One of the things he's doing that people don't really realize in the black community or the white community, for that matter, is re-energizing the concept of the community bank. Yeah. And one of the reasons why black Americans as well as white Americans have had such a hard time getting loans to start businesses is because the banks have all consolidated into one big-ass bank here, yep. one big-ass bank there, and, and you can't get a loan from these guys because they True. all control the money. In the past, that has uh, – that, that, uh, with the community bank, that has helped small businesses, everybody else. And to me, that's one example where that helps everybody. To me, I don't see where the black American needs are different than the white American needs when it comes to these crucial kinds of elements. Well, when you say something like that, yes, both sides of the, on both sides of the spectrum, we both need the same things. I mean, even white Americans need more jobs, too. Yeah, right. I mean, it's just when there's no money, when there's no jobs, there's no jobs on both sides. Um, I just, I just honestly think that I don't know. So this is just you a, you, you, it's, you, you, it's you more just feel it's, that, but you I mean, don't it's just know a it. Feel, but I don't know it, right? And I see, but then I also see. I see the things that you know. I hear about you know jobs, you know, uh, in unemployment, you know, going up, the, going down, the percentage going down, all that stuff. I hear about those things. I see those things, but it's hard to truly believe it when you have. Somebody who is telling their doctor to, you know, write out a letter saying he's the most healthiest president of all time, stuff like that. There's just certain right. things but that, that you just kind of like. How much is but you, real and what is just talk? But do you think the black community really cares about what his doctor said about what he did with his? No, doctor? but there's also the thing of you want a truthful politician, you want a truthful leader. Yeah, and if you but, got a leader that's just going to pull things out of his ass and make things up, well, and just so he can sound like he's Superman, it makes you wonder. It's things that make you go, hmm. Well, let me let me again. I'll go back to facts. The president is a supporter of school choice. Right. Uh, the black community. As for the people I know in the black community, desperately, and in the white community for that matter too, in rural communities as well, desperately want school choice. And the reason why they want school choice is because they're living in communities that have schools that are basically not performing and the public schools are not performing and it's been terrible. If Even if you go to the city of St. Louis and its school system, which has been decimated by because oh, yeah. what happened is what, what 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 white liberals did is they said i know what we'll do right we'll wake up black kids at four o'clock in the morning and bust them to parkway right. that'll change everything and you know what that did it ghettoized the school communities it's why the city of st louis 
downturn because the quality of the schools decreased as parents and students no longer had an investment in those communities. And then you have, a, and, and so, and that was that was the white liberal wet dream, the whole desegregation thing. When in fact, and I'm not, I'm not saying that segregation is I was, good. I was just what I'm about saying to is, jump on well, you there. well, believe me, no, there, <laughs> there, like, there, there, no, there, there are individuals in the black community who do believe that busing essentially destroyed the inner city because it took people out of being stakeholders and into being visitors to Rockwood School District or whatever it was. And, and I think that hurt. So anyway, to, to, to my point, school choice is, is a big deal for a lot of people because everybody deserves a good education. Absolutely. And, 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 and President Trump is a supporter of school choice. And you ought to be too, Pascal. Well, you okay. are. You just don't know it. That's why you need to continue to listen to uh, Radio Free All. <laughs> and just to be clear, President Trump, he's not just the one touting those numbers. I mean, those numbers are coming from the Department of Labor on unemployment and and, that, know, and mean, that's fine. Is, these are real if those, numbers. If those true, if those things are actually true, then hey, man, I clap for you, bro. All right, well, let me ask you this. Did you vote for President Obama? Hell okay. yeah. All right. Both so, times. All right, well, so, so tell me one thing that President Obama did specifically for the black community that you appreciated. Specifically for the black community. Yeah, what did he do for the black community? <laughs> since, since well, you let's think- just start with number one. He was the first black okay, uh, but that, president. Right, but, but that's... Two. Two. He was one of the first to... Uh, just by him being there to promote, I mean, and this is very on the surface stuff that I'm saying right now, of course, but uh, he did push and promote that there are other levels of the black community. There are other uh, classes in this world. There are the well-educated, well-spoken, and then there's the, you know, the uh, other side as well. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think that in white America, you, not you, but most, the way white America sees a black man, they just think hip-hop, rap, he's gun-toting, menace to society, boys in the hood. You think I don't white Obama, people think this? Obama, no, I'm not saying all white people okay. think this. this. What I'm trying to say is that it's a very general, what I'm saying is very generalized. Okay. Right? Obama! <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Uh, but I think that he came in and changed the system a little bit and said, hey, you know, there, there are black doctors out there, black lawyers, black teachers. But there were teachers. black doctors you know out there I mean? before he was I elected I understand president. that, but it, it wasn't a thing, though. It wasn't a, 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 oh, come a, a, on! a, it wasn't a, a, a situation that you would say you could really uh, step back and go, this is an educated black man. Oh, you know, obviously... He does things that are prof- like right. on a professional level, but but but, but to the you point I mean? though, I know, but and, and I know that surface but stuff because th- of the image, but surface but, stuff. Bl- yeah. bl- bl- black people, their prosperity didn't increase right. under Barack Obama. Their educational opportunities didn't increase under Barack Obama. Their the the crime rate didn't decrease under Barack Obama. So I'm just trying to figure so out. So you're telling me that uh, with Trump so far, he's decreased crime in America. No, 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 no. I'm I saying, think not. But, but 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 he's but he's focused on it. No. I, mean, I mean, listen, man. Wait, 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 but, Where but, is he focused on on violence and and crime in I will America? Tell, I will tell you because when you provide, when you are creating 
a stronger economy. You are creating more stakeholders in the economy. And, it, and, and the economic conditions are one of the pathologies surrounding criminal activity. Because we're all after, we're all talking about guns, but we never talk about the pathologies around the crimes committed with guns. Right. And, and, and one of those pathologies would be economic conditions and desperation and those kinds of things. And so as far as I'm concerned, that particular focus on our, our economy and growth mm-hmm. is one example where I do believe that he is attacking the, the crime situation in the inner cities by trying to say, hey, if we, if we have a business here or if we start manufacturing again here or if we do this again here, right. there will be people with jobs. Keep in mind, you know, I will tell you that when – let me give you an example. Since you like facts, I'm going to give you an example. All right? <laughs> give me those facts, man. When they made when, – when Carter Carburetor was in North St. Louis – when they made, what was it, the Trans Ams in North St. Louis with the, right. the Camaro uh, plant? The, yeah, the Camaro. Camaro plant. Yeah. When those things were up there in North St. Louis, right. the crime rate was significantly lower because, and you had all these beautiful homes there, and people mm-hmm. are still up there uh, in that whole area, Bell Nor, and, 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 and that area there. And, and then that was in the county. But then the, then the north side of St. Louis was a very strong, vibrant community at that particular time. And so those, the existence of these businesses created stakeholders who lived around those businesses, and you had a significant reduction in crime. Since these businesses left, since the schools deteriorated, since educational opportunities went out the way, uh, I, the, crime, the murder rate and all the criminal activity increased exponentially. It's far worse than it was in 1973. Yeah, I mean, well... It could be argued that the Ferguson effect that happened recently uh, was because Ferguson's not in a good way with jobs and things like this. I mean, people used to brag about how beautiful North County was. You hear it all the time. And then it slowly diminished. And that was because jobs were not good. People were in a bad way economically. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just listening. Yeah. And I, and I hear you on that. I do agree on, you know, if you're bringing more jobs to a specific area or more opportunities that crime can lessen or not be as crazy. I, I mean, I do see that. And I understand that crime is going to happen regardless. You could be in the safest part of town and something's going to go down. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying that I, but you know. I'm just trying to so, say that 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 really, honestly, I do believe and, and, and I, obviously, you're, I'm a white person, so I, I don't know right. everything there is to know about the sure. needs of the black community. But I always thought that the needs of the black community were not that much different than the needs of the white community in terms of the economy, education, and all those things, and security. I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's all those things. You know, it's just like what black people and white people need the essentials, you know, air and food and right. a place to lay down and shelter. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I mean, of course, the, what we need are not far from what, you know, the white community or the, you know, right. white population need, of course. It's well, just, I, yeah, and I'll give you me, this. President Obama really did run a great campaign. That's what started his campaign. He, 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 he put his good. name on two big 54 D. He's had a good, good start to his campaign. Sorry, it's, I could say that again. <laughs> you didn't hear him? 
I heard him. Yeah. Okay, I just want. Oh, no. uh, I didn't hear what you said after. I said he just said that he had a very good start to his campaign. <laughs> I will say it's so funny. We talk about whatever, every man. Subject in <laughs> here. Obama. We talk about every Obama subject was the in bomb. here. That's what I think. And this subject that we just had gets more comments and people going. Than any other subject we've talked yeah. about. Yeah, good. But, and, 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 and you know what? Boom. And, yeah. And, and, and here's the here's the added thing. I know that I know for a fact that even if people disagree with you, Pascal, or of course agree, they're, or, I'm sure or they're or ripping me apart. No, no, no. Right no. Now. Or disagree with me. <laughs> you know I, guarantee, what I, mean? no, what, what, I, I guarantee you, no. regardless of what they're saying, they like you. I, I, I guarantee you that that's the case. Listen, and that's I'm, what we're trying to. What's the best? The best part of all this conversation is. That you and I have had this discussion, yeah. but I guarantee you, we nothing will change about our interaction uh, for the remainder of the day because we that's this is we just had a conversation that just kind of talked back and forth, yeah. And I got to play my Obama stuff. Obama, so, you know, it's fantastic. And honestly, the next time you text me, I'm just not going to respond. <laughs> so. He's done. <laughs> it's over. It's over now. <laughs> My buddy, all right. So tell me, so tell me where we can. Uh, what you want I to do say? have a question for yes, you sir. though yeah, before, yeah. before I have to go. Okay. Oh, now, now this, he's got to oh, go. Yeah. I got a question. Well, this you know, I got I got a show us. to do in like an hour and ten okay, minutes. Okay, you know, man. please, See, please. That's what the great thing about it. Is. I bet, I bet he thought this was going to be like the other shows, yeah. and we we only have five minutes, and right. we got we got we're up against a hard break. Right, yeah. right. It's like, oh, when we come back, we're going <laughs> to talk about. All right. What's your Fergie quick- and her? <laughs> uh, um, no. So my question, and to people who are listening or watching right now, do you think Eric Greitens, in regards to what's going on, should he resign? Because you did talk about resigning earlier. Do you think he needs to resign, or do you think he should stay in his in, in office? I don't think anybody should ever resign, because I believe that the only people who should decide whether or not Eric Greitens stays in office are voters. Yeah. And, and that's why that's why I don't like the impeachment process. I didn't like it when Clinton was president. Right. Because I do be- true. I, because I believe that ultimately if you elect him and and you don't like him now then de-elect him or don't vote for him. Right. But I don't believe that the fate of anybody duly elected by the American people or for that or the Missouri people ought to be removed by anybody but the people. So in other words, you really care about his performance in the office, not his performance in bed. Oh, no, I don't, I don't care at all about that. And, and uh, it, well, I mean, t- to the degree that uh, it's none of my business. Right. right. Uh, because be, and now, now I'll let Eric and his wife figure all that out. No but, but, but it's none of my business. And, and, and I certainly don't believe that the, the hillbillies down in Jefferson City ought to have anything to do with whether or not he stays in office or not. So as far as I'm concerned, again, if you don't like what Eric Reitens did, uh, then in 2020, if he runs again, don't vote for him. And, I, okay. and I'm consistent in that because I felt the same way about Bill Clinton when, when, he was, when they were trying to impeach him. I said, that's going to be horrible for this country yeah. to impeach a president. Now, if I'm correct, did Monica Lewinsky take him to court at all? No, she did not. Right. No. So he's in court for invasion of privacy and all this crazy stuff. Right now, apparently, it's uh, also some sort of thing with voter fraud. If I'm correct. right, but but if he, but so 
But but if when you, it but, comes to those things, right? But but keep in you mind, you don't think he should get resigned. No, no, but, but, but keep in mind, but keep in mind, you just said he's in court, right? Right. But 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 that hasn't been. But his but he it hasn't been decided uh, as to what he did or didn't right. do. So the, the mere fact that somebody's in court, because believe me, let's just take it for this matter. Right. You just talked about the black community. If I saw some dude who was being tried, a black guy who was being tried for armed robbery, right. Am I, are I going to wait until he's finished? Because I'm not going to say he's guilty because he's in court. Yeah, he should quit right. his job. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm just saying that, that, that the fact that somebody's in court doesn't make them guilty. No. It's the hallmark of our system. So if he gets found guilty, right? If he gets found guilty, then resignation? Well, probably at that point. Yeah. If I mean, if he's a convicted felon, right? He's a convicted yeah. felon, right? Yeah, but 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 but, but that's up to him. I mean, uh, to, to, you know, uh, as far as I'm concerned. But I've always believed that that uh, the people who are calling for his resignation or to impeach him, that's that's up to the voters. I mean, and in fact, I think that even even if he's a convicted felon, he could still technically serve. So this drags over to uh, Trump as well. Then I think Kim Gardner ought to be uh, be. Uh, on trial it absolutely goes i i'm with you there but it absolutely pertains to trump what he's saying is this whole stormy daniels all this it is junk compared to the job that america elected him to do the only person that that should care what he did with stormy daniels is melania but exactly no i agree with that too but then also at the same time it is his relationship with america and his business to do what he has to do, what his job for America is to be, it is to be that honest, upfront uh, president. And if you can't talk to the American people and be honest with the American people, don't you lose that line of trust? Well, I mean, Obama didn't when he lied about Benghazi. Right. That's a very good point. I mean, I'm just saying. That's a very I mean, good point. I, I, I mean, yeah. it, 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 it's a very good point. When they told us it was a YouTube video, knowing it wasn't, that was a lie. And, and so I'm just saying that there's a lot of, and he lied about this too, when he said this. You didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. That was him just the other day when I was bragging about the Radio Free Almond. He was like, "You did not build that." He, 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 I was talking to him on. He, was, he gave a big speech about Radio Free Almond. Saying, you didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. Yeah, they, it's called the internet. They made, they made the internet before you showed up. So. I know. All right, buddy. So uh, thank yeah. you for coming in. This is yeah, fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, and, and uh, you better return my text. I, of course I okay. will. All right. And uh, so where can we f- tell everybody where they can find you? Because believe me, uh, people love this you. This guy is for real? insane they when it comes you. to singing. I thought they were like, and, this dude. No, blah. this is a common Anger misconception. Emojis. He likes that, you being, uh, you're being honest. Yeah, people think it's a common misconception that, all because I have some left wing maybe viewpoints that the conservatives hate me in there. No, yeah, conservatives believe in the freedom of speech and a good debate. Yeah, back absolutely. And then and, 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 and I like, like the a good conversation, and I, and I like to be proven wrong too. Or well, you I know like what? to think. You know, I, I'm an open minded guy. You know, so well, I wouldn't say I'm hardcore conservative. <laughs> right. I have some con- or hardcore liberal. I do have some conservative views on sure. certain things, but. I'm a lot more liberal than I am conservative, but right. at the same time, I'm, my mind is always open and I'm always interested to learn. Here's what the key is, too, because they like you 
and and I think above everything else, they respect you because you you know where Mazel I am. Tov. You you know you know you know uh, what I believe, and you still came in to my my den of fire. <laughs> You're my dude, though. And, man. I know, I know. And, but but you, you came in and you told us, and you t- and you were honest with the with the people uh, about how you felt about things. And what more can we ask for in regular conversation and and and, and in this world? So, but believe me, man. Aside from uh, being able to uh, talk a good game when it comes to some politics, you um, you're a great entertainer. He's very oh, funny, thanks. and he's and he's a singer too. Checks in the just mail, so you know. I'm, well, I'm, I'm not <laughs> I'm not kidding. I've seen the show. It's kind of like I'm surprised very this cool. isn't on TV. It, should, it ought to be. I, I think you ought to replace Jimmy Kimmel. Oh man! Because I boom, I, Steve, I like I, that. I get into Pascal won't be on there crying every night during his monologue. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are. Some of those moments are nice, but it's like every show, bro. Come on, I know. See, I know every show, homie. I know. All right, so but, where can we find you, buddy? Yeah, if you go to, um, if, if you could follow me on uh, Instagram. Uh, well, my show's page is uh, at the Pascal Show. One word. Uh, if you go to facebook.com forward slash the Pascal show, go ahead and go over there and give us a like. I'll be on in about an hour from now. Okay, uh, cool. And then, of course, YouTube as well. YouTube.com forward slash the Pascal show and on Twitter, the Pascal show. You so, know, and, and one of the things, out. and that's the other thing that why conservatives ought to like a guy like Pascal, even if they disagree with him politically mm-hmm. or whatever, is that anybody, because you're kind of like Trump. You, uh, <laughs> well, you know why? What? No, no, but, well, because, because here's the deal. You have passion, you have yeah. energy. What yeah. you just rattled off right there, those were built by you and your people. And, 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 and you have, and you named everything you rattled off there earns instant respect, regardless of what people think about it, because you have established this person you have established this beat you have established this profession that you're in and your show and everything else and who could not respect that ryan especially coming off of creating an entirely new radio network in 30 days mm. we definitely can That's amazing can, yep. can 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 be part of that and so you know i won't i, I won't yeah. let obama you didn't tell build you, that tell somebody you. else made you that happen that. Tell you. i built that you did build that <laughs> you son of a gun <laughs> <laughs> all right buddy hey thanks for coming in hey man. thank you have a great show we appreciate it as always and folks uh so three o'clock if you loved everything about the last three hours then you're gonna be able to double back on them from three to six today on RadioFreeAlman.com, and we have the app up there, and also the Facebook and everything else we're going to see, and it's going to be great, and it was we had a great time today, man. Rocking it today. I want to make sure that everybody knows as well a couple things that are going down for next week. Uh, Facebook, if you're on here, it's going to be improved very shortly. Better audios, better video, better visual. This will be like a TV show, uh, so much better. And we'll soon have our app that you'll be able to download. Overall, over the next coming weeks, this is just going to get better and better and better for you guys. Yeah, and the Facebook thing is very important because it's one of the things where even in terms of anticipating things and growth, we could we never anticipated the unbelievable consumption of the Facebook lives yeah. that we have right now. And what that does is, and, and, and we couldn't have 
really done that and had no idea that now we not only have thousands of people listening to Radio Free Allman on the network, we have people now listening and watching on Facebook. And so what we, the task at hand now is uh, we've, 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 well, semi-perfected the audio level on Radio Free Allman and we're working on that is now take it to a next level on Facebook so that when you're watching the Facebook feed, it's actually more entertaining, rich. You can see more angles, and and we just make it really more of a better experience for you when you watch it. You guys, listen, I was in my piano room, and you guys love watching that stuff. That was fine. I realize that you'll, you'll be here anyway, but we still want to make sure we uh, improve that experience for you. 100%. And that's what we're going to do. Now that we know that so many thousands yeah, we are watching, we, we're going to make it just a better experience for you. And that's how we do And when it comes to business. Everybody works on making sure that it's the absolute best experience for you and the, the best thing. For, since you are giving us your time, we're going to make sure it's uh, paid back in excellence for you. So that's exactly what we're doing. Have an awesome weekend, Jamie. Thank you, buddy. See you tonight at the uh, debate. I mean, all of you. Ryan needs a break. Ryan's like, Ryan needs a break from me. That's what he needs. I love you, buddy. He's going to go, you're going to be lake bound or something, right? Oh, yeah. He's got your boat. You got your boat shirt on. That's a telegraph right there. Ryan, thanks a ton. Matt, appreciate you, brother. Doing a great job, JB, here at uh, Gaslight. And, you know, if by the way, this weekend, if you want to see this place, come on down. It's right there on Shaw off King's Highway. It's a fantastic bar, and they might let you take a peek into the through the glass. You might actually see somebody else in, back here playing music instead of doing the radio show. So, And next week, we're going to have a happy hour. We just don't know where it's going to be yet. So we're going to plan that for next week. And we're also planning something really special. We've moved the barbecue date to earlier June because we might have a special guest star with us at the BBQ. We're working on that right now, so lots of things coming. RadioFreeAlmond.com. Have a good weekend, Ryan. You too, buddy. See you guys. Above. Don't fence me in.